And now, introducing the man who's begun eschewing the use of plastic bags when he takes his dogs on a walk and attempts to, quote, build character, unquote, although he's not been totally fond of the looks he receives from neighbors when he uses his pants pockets. After checking all streaming services for what he was promised would be his heavily promoted debut album, he started to question the validity of the man he paid $3,000 to who claimed to be Barry Gotti's son-in-law as he admitted, quote, maybe it wasn't the best idea to do business in a subway dining room, unquote. He is Glenn Clark. The final score of the deciding game of the 2004 Eastern Conference Finals. I was just thinking about that. Was 69-65. The final score. 2004 Eastern Conference Finals. I want I want this. I watched Malice. Oh, the Nets made it. I want no. I watched oh, Malice in the Palace last night. The final score. Not the halftime score. The final score. They played defense back then. It's Glenn. by far the most shocking part of the entire picture. It's by far. I can't believe. Like, I remember there being Spurs games that they won. Tottenham. That were not the, not the Tottenham Spurs. That's not, a high-scoring game for them. Yeah, it would be a yeah. remarkable game. Um, I remember there being Spurs games that were like 79-72. And you were like, geez, this thing was a drag. The final score of game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals, the deciding game, was 69-65. Played and defense you know what? Back and you know what? I understand maybe why the fans were a little little ruffled, a little, little under their skin a bit. 69-65. Imagine watching that for 48 minutes of basketball, and you get a 69 I, – I, I mean, I get it. They won. The pit, that was a Pistons win at home in Detroit, so the fans were very excited about winning the Eastern Conference. And it clearly had nothing to do with what happened the following November when the teams got together. And You don't know that. You know, I've just been was, really frustrated. I couldn't believe it. By the way, I, I, I watched it last night. I To be prepared, when you see Jermaine O'Neal as one of the executive producers of Malice in the Palace, you understand why the story is almost entirely about Jermaine O'Neal. Um, he threw quite a haymaker. He did. He did throw quite a haymaker, but it really—I I thought it was interesting. I—I—it's—it's I, it's an event that we all, of course, have have significant memory of. Say fond so, memory. No, not fond memory. You sound of, like you were about to. No, I meant significant. We all remember quite well. So I. Did they get the guy who threw the beer. Uh, no, that guy did not participate. The guy that ended up down on the uh, the court and tried to punch Ron Artest before he got knocked Smart, out. Yeah. They got that Good guy. Choice. Yeah, they got Did that guy. Did he talk guy. about how dumb he Who, was? Uh, no, he attempted to rewrite history and make it so he was sucker punched oh. by Ron Artest, as if he clearly didn't have, like he wasn't clearly about to tro- go try to punch Imagine Ron Artest. Imagine going on the court yeah. and looking in the eyes of Ron Artest, a man who stood 6'8", I don't know, 220 pounds probably. Yes. Quite the wingspan. Yes. And saying, you know what's a good idea here? Let me try and punch him. Right. That would be an option. You could do that. Um, it would be a mistake, yeah. and it proved to be quite a mistake. It did. And again, in, wa- in re-watching the video, it seems like he realizes his mistake as he's looking at Ron Artest, yeah. but it's too late at that point. Yeah, by that like, point, you sure. came down to the floor. You invited yourself onto the floor of the arena. Mm-hmm. You stared at Ron Artest, made a fist as though you were going to punch him. You can't take that back now. Correct. He, his, his brain, it's over. Yep. It's over, Chief. It's over. Questionable choice. Um, but I, it was, uh, I, you know, I enjoyed watching it. I thought it was interesting. But it really, 
I had not thought that much about Jermaine O'Neal in my life. It's not Jermaine to the discussion. It's Kyle Ottenheimer, ladies and gentlemen. They don't call him the best color analyst in baseball for nothing. I watched the uh, first episode of the UFO documentary on this Showtime. Is, this is a J.J. Abrams it is, yes. uh, production? It is. It is. It is. Is it? Is it like... I mean, there's nothing... So the stuff that they're talking about is... It's not like they're revealing necessarily anything breaking or that had been, you know, covered up mm-hmm. previously. At least they haven't yet. But it's definitely... Um, I mean, I'm a guy of, of uh, certain proclivities, enjoying the conspiracies of time. And I don't even think we've gotten to that point now where the UFOs have been confirmed as far as there being millions of dollars poured into it from the federal government to research it and all of that. Um, interesting. I'd never. Do you ever heard of Skinwalker Ranch? Nope. Okay. Sounds like it would be involved in pornography. It would, did, right? or like somebody yeah. who was a Star Wars fan. And they were like, "Well, I can't call it Scott with it." It, it was they, uh, they were making pornography. No, it's maybe it, they were making Star Wars parodies of pornography. There's this rich Vegas mogul who was into funding research of space and all that stuff before Elon Musk and Richard Branson okay. got involved, and. He bought this ranch that has like notoriously been linked to events as far as you know sightings of UFOs and paranormal stuff in general. Okay, it sounded quite scary to be there. I wouldn't want to go to Skinwalker uh, Ranch. I, I think I'll pass as well. So there's that. That's what we watched. You know what? I didn't watch anything of the Orioles. The Orioles losing nine four to the Tigers last. What if night? I told you? Yeah, they're the first team in 19 years mm-hmm. to lose. Let me find the exact stats. I'm not an idiot. To allow at least nine runs in six consecutive games. Well, they got that going for them. I hear Marcos Diplon looks all right, though. If you say so. That's what I hear. I mean, I, 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 sure, great, swell. I got nothing to say about it, man. I mean, I got nothing to say about any of it. Uh, it's for the best. What do the Diamondbacks do? That I don't know, but well, we I can should, that's go ahead important. and Google it. We should, yes, we should look up what happened with the Diamondbacks, where they are. That that That's the part that actually matters, and we should... Be paying attention to the updating. Google says about. they lost by one. Ah, they had a chance. Giants. They let us all down. They let us all down, you sons of bitches. Giants scored one in the ninth that avoided ah. extra innings. Ah, don't care for that. All right, well, and so it is. So what's the Diamondbacks record now currently? Well, that would put them at yeah. 30, I guess that would make me you're 40. Just, you're just guessing. No, I just had it open then. I closed it before you asked that. Okay. That would make me 44. Um, they are a whopping, of course, don't you love when don't worry, you put I'll something into it. the browser don't worry. and it's like, oh, you want to go to this website, I'll get not it. Google. The Orioles currently sit at 38 and 73. The Diamondbacks, of course, 36. are current. Yes, 35 and 79. Okay. So, hang on a second. That's a lot of games back. Oh, hang on a second. That math doesn't work out. That means that means that they have, but their advantage is in the loss column. So They also have fewer wins, though. Right, I understand that, but they're six, they're six games up in the loss column. So they've played three more games. So the Orioles could lose all three of those extra games. They still have to play that the Diamondbacks do not. Mm-hmm. And if that were the case, then they would only be three games back. They would only be three. The o- but you still need to lose those three games. Well, yeah. I, mean, I don't know if you've been paying attention. Feel good about the chances. Wasn't John Means pitch at some point? Uh, might want to look into doing something about that. Yeah. Might want to look into maybe, maybe shutting it down at some point and saying, John... Can't you can't improve anything at this point. Let's just uh 
Just call it a season, something along those lines. Isn't Matt Hardy pitch at some point? Yeah, but that was only good for a little while. That I think that's over. He's in the Cy Young race. I that's, no, I don't think so. I think that's over. All right, uh, much to do on the program today. Coming up a little bit later on this morning, we're going to chat with University of Maryland cornerback Tarheeb Steele. Tar- I said Steele. It's Tarheeb Still. I feel like it, the way it runs off your tongue, it should almost be Tarheeb Steele. Like, wouldn't that kind of be like a superhero type of name? You're talking about Samuel L. Jackson? Sort of, a little bit. Uh, or Shaq once upon a time. That's who that was. Uh, was Shaft was uh, Yeah, Samuel it was Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson. Tarheeb Still is one of the uh, top young players in the not only on the Maryland football roster, but in the Big Ten. Uh, was an all-freshman cornerback a year ago, according to a few different people, led the country in pass breakups. An exciting young player as Maryland tries to put things together this season, we'll meet Tarheeb still for the first time today. Um, we normally will be doing Ken Zalis on Thursdays. We are two weeks away from the official start of the Press Box Fantasy Football Show. Uh, KZ is going to join us on Wednesday this week because Drew Forrester needs to do tomorrow. It's just a whole thing. The point is that we will talk to KZ today. He's going to help me set my keepers in my keeper league. If you have questions, then I encourage you to get them in at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Uh, as you get ready for your own drafts or decisions that you have to make, we will pose them to Ken Zalis a little bit later on. Also this morning, Mike Nolan is going to join us. Of course, former Ravens defensive coordinator, former 49ers head coach, and now he's going to be the preseason analyst for the Ravens starting on Saturday night against the Saints. We'll talk to him about the new gig, about his expectations for the Ravens defensively. Did they solve all of their problems on the edge rush by bringing in Justin Houston? We'll talk to him about all that sort of all sorts of uh, defensive things. It's going to be quite a defensive broadcast with both he and Rod Woodson on the broadcast. A lot of defensive minds in there. I'm sure, you know, they know a thing or two about the offense as well. Sure. Um, defensive-minded broadcast with he and Rod Woodson joining Jerry Sandusky for the preseason. And then later on in the program, uh, the great Bruce Laird, former Baltimore Colt, is going to check in with us. He wrote an op-ed this week in the Baltimore Sun about um, his frustration with some of his former teammates and guys that meant a lot to him in Baltimore that have not been able to break through as far as the Hall of Fame is concerned. And it's sort of a detailed, almost nuanced conversation um, that we'll have with Bruce Laird a little bit later on in the show. He's also pissed off about some other things related to this weekend's Hall of Fame ceremonies. We'll let him talk about that later on in the program. So that's all coming up on today's show. It is uh, also Would You Rather Wednesday. We'll get to that here in one second. First, a reminder that the top 70 golfers in the world, well, at least on the PGA Tour, and that's typically where you find the top 70 golfers in the world, they're coming to Baltimore, and they will be playing in the 2021 BMW Championship later this month at Caves Valley Golf Club. Secure your tickets at bmwchampionship.com. But there is still time. I need more time. There's still a little bit of an opportunity for you to get in and win not just tickets but a high-end experience at the 2021 BMW Championship by going to pressboxonline.com contests. What you do is you enter to win, and one of you is going to receive two passes to the 1899 Club on Friday, August 27th. And if you've missed me talking about it... What's the 1899 Club, Glenn? I'm so glad you asked, Kyle. That was what I was looking for. The 1899 Club is a 
phenomenal hospitality experience that includes unlimited food, beer, wine, and soft drinks. I hear that's a good deal. I, I care a great deal for these types of offers. They also allow you, like, you can enjoy the stadium-style seating that's available right there at the 11th hole, and the shaded area could very well be a warm day on August 27th. But you could also, if you'd prefer, go over there, get your food, get your beverages, and then wander around to wherever it is that you wanted to go to on the golf course because you do have access to the tournament grounds. So of course, is your oyster, if you will. You could you could uh, have your oyster with Ricky's Oysters House. Correct. That that would be your option Correct. during the course. I don't I don't know if he's in the top seven. I think I, he is. He I, always. I'd is. like to assume, but I don't know. He was in the contention at the Open, wasn't he? Uh, yes, he was. He was in contention. Yeah. Correct. Um, so it also includes a parking pass, all of that thrown in for the winner, for the grand prize winner of this contest. Four of you that do not win the grand prize will still receive two passes, grounds access for any day, for any one day, specific day. You won't be able to pick your day. It'll be for a specific day of the BMW Championship. Enter right now, pressboxonline.com slash contests, and you can be there at Caves Valley, courtesy of your friends here at Pressbox. Um, the good news and bad news, the Rashad Bateman thing, it's a soft tissue thing, according to multiple reports. PTSD. No question. Apparently, the word from a few different places is groin. Expected to miss some time, but as defined by Ian Rappaport, not a crazy amount of time. It's still all vague. Don't really know what any of that means. What is it? What is it? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know when an amount of time like officially four becomes. Four weeks wouldn't be crazy, would it? I don't. I genuinely don't know. I cannot tell you. It is not my there area of expertise. Varying degrees and is, grades of is, groin strains and pulls right. and all of that. It, it sounds like it's not the end of the world. Again, um, as Ian Rappaport said. Ravens first-round wide receiver Rashad Bateman suffered a soft tissue injury at practice today, uh, according to a source. He'll have, or a source said, he'll have tests, and the severity isn't known, but it's not structural. Which is like, implying that, that he didn't tear something, right, or that, that it's not like sounds good. It was actually Mike Garofolo who said, although a strain technically is a minor tear. Yes, so. that is what it is. Uh, Mike Garofolo of the NFL Network who followed up by saying evaluations are ongoing with Bateman's injury, and a source says he will be out for a while, quote, but not a crazy length of time, unquote. So it could be anything. Really means nothing. Yeah. But I, it appears as though there is at least an amount of encouragement that it's not like if your well, fear was. Well, it's not going to be. He's going to miss half the year. It's that's. I mean, I, th- I think, right. but we still don't really know that. Well, that it's, would probably be a crazy amount of time if I were I to would, guess. I would qualify yeah. that. I would certainly qualify it as a crazy amount of time, even not knowing exactly yeah. how it qualifies. Um, but it still sucks. It does suck. There's no getting around that. Um, as uh, our friend Luke Jones said, yeah, there's a lot of guys that are missing from practice, but at least Bradley Bozeman and Ronnie Stanley are back. So they've got that going for them, which which is nice. Preferable. Uh, they have their their entire offensive line out there, whatever that ends up looking Protecting. like come the Raiders game. We don't know, but they've got them out there. So they've got that going for good. them. Yes, that's, that's all I can say right now. Again, the, the good news is we are still a month away from a football game. It's the reality. We are still a month away from anything that matters. So Let's put a time Odell Beckham missed the entire training camp in the mm-hmm. first three games of the season and then set rookie records. So. That is also true, too. That is also true, too. May, uh, may, may Rashad Bateman set all of the records for the rest of his life, as long as he's in Baltimore. May that be the case. 
So there's that. Not really much of anything else that I felt the need. Uh, somebody was mad at me that we haven't talked at all about Leo Messi. Well, he's on Paris Saint-Germain. Yeah, he's, he's going to Paris. So they're loaded. They've got all yeah. the players. They are unbelievably good. Neymar, Mbappe, um, what, Messi. What, what has happened to Barcelona? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't pay. It's so weird. Like They've said that's La Liga and the rules about salary cap, but is it about them just not having I, the money? I, I think the, the sense that I got from talking to people that know um, Finances s- soccer, soccer is like they're, they've just fallen on hard times. And it's weird because they're you would think they'd be one of the most valuable yeah. franchises in all the sports. But Maybe we can get into the ownership group bit. And see if we could. Yeah, you think it, you it's know? it's time for us to to step, step in, in. Yeah, but I don't think it's, our... it's too late for Messi though. Well, that's fine. We'll yeah, get other right. guys. We'll get Pulisic. I'll go and get Erling Holland or whatever. There his you name go. Is. I like it. I like it. Say Holland again. Holland. There you go. That's what I was looking. Is that his for. name? I think it I, is. I have no idea. I could not possibly tell you. Um, and there was. I feel like there was something else that was on my uh, hit list, but uh, yeah, I've already forgotten what it was. It was so. Jack, wasn't it? What's we're that? Gonna, we're gonna kill Jack at some point this week. What? He's on the hit list. Oh man, I like. No, you mentioned that earlier. Did I? You texted me about it. What? No, wait a second. You I can't prove that. The room, you know? That's why I use uh, what, from, the, from the burner. I use WhatsApp. Yeah. That's the way that I used it. So I'd make sure. They still do burners? Oh, I do remember what number three was now. Thank you, Kyle. It was about burners. It was related to burners. Was yes. It, really? it wasn't 100% related to burners. How about that? Oh, man. Watching season three of The Wire. That's why it's fresh in the mind. Uh, it wasn't related to a burner phone, but a burner account. Ah, a burner account. Okay, hang on. A well, second. you're welcome. Um, yeah, actually, you know what? I don't, yeah. I don't typically thank you because you know, typically you don't, you don't deserve to be thanked. Well, that's nice. No of you. offense. That's I, nice. That's, of you. No, I said no offense. Oh, that means I, with all due respect. I said with all due respect. Well, you didn't say that. I just said that. Okay. Well, I said with all due respect. <laughs> I said it again yeah. for what it's worth. Um, I don't typically thank you, but this time I actually have to thank you. I came in today. And our friend John, uh, what's what do we say John's title is? Custodian. But I feel like he's like mo- he's like he's, he's like it's the, half that and half like kind of facility. Yeah, I think he's more of, of a sorts. facilities person. Yeah. Like, so John and I, I love John. He's one of my favorite people. Great guy. Um, I, I walked up once. We got on the third floor here. I walked up once. John had his feet up mm-hmm. on the railing of the stairway. Doing incline push-ups. No, by the way, John... He's in good shape. Oh, John's over 50 years old and looks like he's 32. He, he knocked off 50 of them, he said. Yeah, I'm not surprised like, by that well, at all. I see you, John. Okay. There's a there's a saying, of course, that, that people use yes, yes, for... Yes. Um, Black don't crack. Yes, that's the saying. And I, I at one point, when at whatever point in our relationship, John told me how old he was. Mm-hmm. I said, well, John, you know, I mean, that's what the, the saying goes, but... And I don't think he was familiar with the saying. I think he thought that I was saying something about him using crack. And oh. It was a bit awkward yeah, no. uh, for a minute there. We had to. It also does explain why he hammer that out to an extent. Yeah. He was alive when they were there. That's a good point. Okay, you know? that's a good point. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. We'll stay with that. You're right. Uh, John is also a big professional wrestling fan. He is. And uh, every time I see John on my way in, we end up having a lengthy conversation. As of course, uh, he knows that I'm the host of the very popular podcast, Jobbing Out. Yes, yes, yes. World uh, renowned. Yes, podcast. world renowned. Uh, we end up having a lengthy conversation about professional wrestling or basketball or whatever's on John's mind on that particular day. And today it was about uh, professional wrestling, and he's very excited about because you know a- AJ, sure, who's rub- now top, bumped elbows, and- not top dollar in NXT. AJ used to come in here all the time to do the show with us. AJ used to be a regular. Um, here at the uh, the uh, these what, the Meadow Mill complex, yes. the Meadow Mill building, 
And so John got, and John and AJ would talk about all sorts of stuff whenever AJ was in, because AJ was in the NFL at the time, and John's sure. a sports fan. So sure. John and AJ sort of developed this relationship. They would joke about being, you know, like the only black guys that would be, you know, like they would have this this sort of, they had this neat relationship. So John always wants to talk to me about AJ and what he's doing in, in WWE reason. now. And so we end up talking for a while, and I always enjoy my conversations with John, but it He's leads to guy. when that happens, I regularly don't walk into the office until about 9.50 or so because I had a lengthy conversation with our friend John, um, which is a good way to spend time, so I'm, no not, I'm not complaining about it. Um, but, but it caused you to But today it things. caused me to forget my third Would You Rather Wednesday scenario that I had envisioned, and I was very frustrated about it, and I was semi-cursing John behind his back if i'm being honest i was like damn it john i forgot about my third scenario but amazingly kyle just brought it back to me you're welcome so while i shared on social media why don't you tell everybody about the toyota rav4 and uh and no doubt be a wonderful thing you can make the most out of every day in a toyota rav4 available in hybrid or gas only models a RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. So check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. All right, that wasn't enough, unfortunately, for you me. You gave to me get a it short up. one. It wasn't. I know. I should have. Well, I'd, I could do another one. No, I don't want to just make this the portion. I got I don't you. want to make this the portion of the show where Kyle does reads. I will. I will work on it as we get into Would You Rather Wednesday. Um. I got nothing. I was trying to think if there's anything else that you could add here. Is well, there anything else that you've been waiting for? Your moment. Adley Rutschman had two hits. I saw that in his, his Norfolk, Norfolk debut. debut laced a, a double down the line from the left side of the plate. You got to think if he gets two more base hits, he's going to get the call. I would think it's probably what they're looking for is just a couple more hits, a couple more base knocks, and he's ready. Um, I don't know. I'm you know happy to see that he's out here hitting the ball at Norfolk, and we'll see if this power plays at a very large stadium there. But altogether, a pretty successful campaign for him thus far, and he's earned the right to be the number one prospect in baseball. So we like to see that. Um, what else? What else? What else? Like uh, I said, Marcos Diplon. A lot of people, you know, are doing that. Maybe, maybe could, could he make a cameo at the end of the year? Maybe, Re- but remember that this isn't like it no used to be, where you could and, just yeah. have a million guys on the team at once. Could the Orioles do it to try to drum up a little interest? In Wouldn't a, they have to delay him being called up it, the following it, season but, as well? But like by a couple of days, you know what I mean? Like if they did something late in the year to try to drum up some interest by calling up Adley Rutschman, it would push back when they could call him up next mm-hmm. year by a couple of games. It wouldn't be the end. We all know he's not going to be on the opening day roster Correct. next year. It would just change the date by by whatever amount of games he's up for this year as to when they would call him up next year. So... Could there has been the argument that you do it as a reward for fans that have been through misery this well, year? It's as much for him, also. You could do it as a reward right. for him. That I there's been less of that argument, and I don't know what would Adley Rutschman say. I want, I want to be up when I'm up, kind of thing. Right? Yeah. Like, do I really want to come up for a couple of days just to be back? You know, like I don't know how Adley Rutschman would view it. The idea is that Orioles fans have been through misery this season. Um, that it has sucked. It's just, it's been absolutely no fun. So for the people that have stuck it out and are still going to games and are still invested and still care, give them something at the end of the year that that they can have some excitement about. Um, And I get that argument. I do. I don't really care either way. And because the roster doesn't expand the way that it did in the past, I would almost be surprised 
by that being the case when it comes to Adley Rutschman this year. I, I, my gut tells me. You got a strong gut. And I do. I got a hell of a gut. Microbiomes. Not as much recently. I'm starting to worry about like the point in my life. Like at some point in your life, I fear that like you got to cut out the spicy foods. And mm. I'm a man who loves a spicy food. Right? Spicy food. I'm making my wings tonight. Oh yeah, because I, I can't doing tell you about it this week. But you're doing. Oh yeah, you're not here on yeah. Friday. Yeah, what the hell, man? What's that all about? What's what's going on with all that? A wedding. My buddy's getting married. Oh, it's unacceptable. Staying it's in, a un- in a casino. It's unacceptable, dog. Um, where? Um, Turning Stone Casino and Resort in some place in New it. York. I love it. Love. He went to Hamilton. We- Western New York, I'm assuming. He went to Hamilton, wherever that is. I don't. I, I don't. I mean, I think Western New York. I don't. Know sure. The geography sure. Of New we'll York. go with that. I would imagine. I think it's it, not, I imagine yeah. it is. I imagine it is. All right. Uh, very good. Let's get to Would You Rather Wednesday. Would You Rather Wednesday is brought to you today by Window Nation. Fifty percent off all styles of windows. Plus, no money down. No payments. No interest. For two full years. Sometimes when I say that, I don't think you're quite catching it. 50% off. The total that you're going to end up paying will be 50% less than it was supposed to be. Plus, you don't pay any of it, which is already half of what you should. You don't pay any of that for two years with no catch. They're not running interest on it. They're not... You know, saying, well, you, if you had paid it originally, it would have been 50% off, but now you got to pay full price because there was interest. No, you're paying that number, and you don't have to pay it at all for two years. It's crazy. 866-90NATION or windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Window Nation, the perfect fit. Would you rather? Three scenarios, as always, at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, Facebook.com, slash Glenn Clark Radio. Those are the ways for you to check in. I have just updated to throw in the third would you rather scenario. Number one, would you rather? Rashad Bateman. Turns out he's just fine. Fine, just fine. Plays I'll, take all, it. I'll take it. Plays all 17 games. What, three preseason games? And uh, not worry about that. And has a pretty good season. Or. Rashad Bateman misses the season. Take the first one. But after Michael Thomas returns, the Ravens trade a second and future fourth round pick to acquire him at the trade deadline. Seems kind of like an easy choice. Does it? I think it does. Okay. You can make your argument. I have no idea why you would think that would be an easy choice. Number two, you have a late first round pick in your fantasy football draft. Would you rather take Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes back-to-back and feel really good about it, or no, at least one of my first two picks has to be a running back? And number three, the one that I had forgotten about, would you rather, now that he has apparently been kicked off Twitter, Aubrey Huff offers you $50 million. Real shame, by the way. To make Yeah, real bummer. So it's just the worst place without him. To make your account his new burner account. But how much money? Fifty million dollars. But if you ever let people know it ain't you, or somehow people find out that it ain't you, the money all goes back. Okay. Or no way I could not sell my soul, not even for that amount of money. All right. Mm-hmm. Those are the three scenarios for Would You Rather Wednesday. Number one, Rashad Bateman's totally fine, plays all seventeen games, and has a pretty good season. 
Or he misses the season, but after Michael Thomas returns, the Ravens trade a second and future fourth-round pick for him at the deadline. I'll take Michael Thomas. Okay. I mean, Rashad Bateman we love, and it still would not preclude him for being a successful and productive NFL receiver after the year. It would suck that he would miss his entire rookie season. There's no question about that. But you're just hoping he turns into something like Michael Thomas. I mean, at a second and a fourth-round pick, that's not exactly a lofty price to pay for one of the most productive receivers in football for the last five years. Mm -hmm. So you would have both your cake and eat it, too, in a sense, where you'd have a number one receiver and a guy who you still have hopes of being a very good receiver in the following year. So even if he plays all 16 or 17 games, that doesn't ensure he's productive. It doesn't ensure that he's producing at a high level. I just said he has a pretty good season. That was part of this. pretty good, though? He's a good season. He's not... It's not a thousand yards, probably. I mean, it's it might be in that neighborhood. It's a pretty good season. I'm not I'm trying. I'm like I understand the argument would be made. Oh, you only have so much money to spread around for mm-hmm. players, and Michael Thomas is going to cost you a lot and all that. But ultimately, I am okay with that. It's like you're making the arguments of people that have chimed in on this one, and it's the reason why it's pretty split. And I don't understand why you thought it would be obvious. It's obvious. Um, Paul Novilando uh, is with you, ignoring the potential cap ramifications of his contract trade for Thomas. He's a proven quali- quantity and an elite level. Bateman is still just hope at the moment. By the way, just for the record, um, Michael Thomas's contract is quite weird. It's basically nothing for this season, and then like $16 million for Which next year. It's not all that crazy for a receiver it's, anyway. It's not crazy, but then you got to give him a deal after that. Like, Apparently you, he's okay with his contract. Apparently this well, whole thing growing up with the Saints is about his contract. No, but about, like he needs a contract. He's only under contract for another year after this year. Franchise him. I mean, you could do that if you would so desire. That would be an option, I guess. I don't know what to make of that. Here, let me just pull up the. Let me uh, do Let me pull up all the details of his contract. Um, he it's an it's an out that he has. Well, apparently he has an out. Hmm, this has been written poorly. Apparently he has an out after this year. This is very strange. Apparently he has an out after this year, so it does become problematic. You could be trading a second-round pick for a guy that you would you would have to almost certainly give a, a contract to immediately. I mean, or hope that he's willing to do a deal. Or if they win the Super Bowl, he's happy. Maybe, maybe. Um, from Adit, since the Ravens' salary cap situation for the next few years is unknown, and they seem to prefer passing efficiency over passing volume, I would take Rashad being pretty good for 17 games. Thomas's cap hit might not be a good value in an offense that values efficiency over volume. I don't know where we're getting the idea that he's not efficient. I mean, I understand he gets he a certainly, lot of targets, but he like certainly he catches also, a lot of balls. But what yeah. if what they're saying is there's going to be a limited number of balls to go around anyway? Mm-hmm. Then why not have the cheaper option? This and is sort of similar to money the Julio ways. Jones argument also. Like, sort of similar to you that. you got Michael Thomas on the outside. The defense has to pay quite a bit of attention to him. Um, sort of similar to that, you yes. you still have a lot to prove for Rashad Bateman to get anywhere near that level. But the contract thing makes it more complicated. I get like, it, it, but money's going to have to be spent on people. Like That's the way this works. There's no doubt about that. He's a valuable asset in the NFL, and I would say that he'd be worthwhile to have on your football team. Uh, from John, uh, not John Little Rock, different John. John in, I don't remember who this John is anymore. Glenarm, maybe. Uh, Michael Thomas, and we could trade Bateman, Hollywood, and Boykin as far as I'm concerned. I don't think you're going to get much for Miles Boykin in a trade, John. I don't think there's going to be much of anyone who's looking to acquire him. Maybe Notre Dame will take him. Maybe. Uh, from Mateo, Bateman 100%. I would rather the Ravens show the ability to draft and produce even a top 15 to 20 wide receiver than trading for Michael Thomas. If I could trust if I could trust the traded for... I don't know what you mean here. If I could trust... 
the traded for wide receiver, the answer might be different. Well, I would think you could trust Michael Thomas. I'm not sure what you're trying to say there, Mateo. You might need to follow up on that one. Uh, Calvin Bateman, easy. We need better wide receivers immediately. Which well, Michael would, Thomas wouldn't would be, be getting that. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess he's saying you need it to start the season, not at the halfway point of the season. I, I mean, I, 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 I don't know. Uh, and from uh, Moss. Randy? I don't think so. Which one? Uh, Bateman, no doubt. Uh, from Ryan, uh, Rashad Bateman plays all 17 games. Brian, Brian, I, I love you, bud. Brian get, gets in every week, but every week he gets in and just gives me a very simplistic, he just says, Michael Thomas. That's what he said every week for the history of Would You Rather Wednesday. It's consistent. Is just the answer, no thought whatsoever. He put thought into it. Um, maybe, maybe he did, I don't know, but he doesn't share the thought with me, that's for sure. From uh, from Tom, Tom says, I've been thinking about this one for a little while. I like, couldn't think about it all that long. We only yeah, posted it. For a while. Yeah, right? It's been years. Been thinking about this one for a little while. I think at the end of the day, you have to go with Bateman as being the answer. This team needs draft picks to hit because of the amount of money that they're going to be spending on other players coming up, including Lamar, but not limited to him. They need their draft picks to hit. They can't be the team that's giving away draft picks at this point. We've talked about this a lot in in recent you know time that once you invest a certain amount of money in your quarterback and you you know you you do have more contracts besides the ones you already gave out to Marlon Humphrey and Ronnie Stanley. We presume Mark Andrews is going to get a contract as well. They did clearly make a decision they weren't going to give a contract to Orlando Brown. Um, like I I guess there's not quite as many as there we thought there were going to be. But Lamar's is going to be significant, mm-hmm. and you're hoping that in a couple years you, you're going to need to give a deal to J.K. Dobbins. You know, there's there's certainly those things that the value of the draft picks becomes more significant. That you have to hit on your draft picks. Probably not I accounting for that. running back in the equation to an extent. I mean, I guess you're talking about potentially him being a, a top tier guy I and owing if, fifty or sixty million dollars. I think I'd still probably with Lamar and what he's able to do. I'd probably just draft another one. Personally. That's me personally. Oh, all right. All right. All right. Um, and from, from Brian, Brian says, do, do, do. Sorry. <laughs> Rita just got in on another one of it's really funny. Uh, Brian says, Glenn, the Ravens need to have Rashad Bateman hit because they need to prove the teams they're capable. This goes back to like, this is sort of the, uh, the you want to feel good about yourself. You want to feel. The value of proving that you can draft and develop the wide receiver goes beyond the tangible value of the player itself. Like to finally get over the wide receiver thing, I get yeah, what I you're. Think s- the same could be said about going and acquiring a true number one. Nah, the Ravens say, the have Ravens, never had a. The Ravens have acquired high level wide they receivers. Have, they have, but not at the peak of their career. Well, I don't know what Michael Thomas would be the exact same guy in Baltimore that he would be in New Orleans. I understand. Right? And the brother, that's not true at all. Anquan was was. He's not at the end. He was not. I didn't he was, say he was at the end. It's, but he was still very much at the peak of his career, one hundred percent. I'm talking about like in their twenties. He was in his twenties. What are you? What are you are doing? You sure? Yes. Are you positive? He was in his late twenties. He wasn't in twenty-four. He wasn't twenty-five. But he, he certainly was not. 30, pat- I no. I, I mean, I get it. You're splitting hairs anyway. Correct. We're doing we're doing silly math here. The notion that Anquan Bolton his first was, year he was thirty, but I hear you. When the when was the trade made? He was first year of the Ravens was two thousand and ten. What was his birthday? 
October 3rd, 1980. So he turned 30 during the season. When they acquired Anquan Bolden, he was in his 20s. Okay. But that's I hear my you. point. I hear you. He acquired Anquan Bolden Regardless. in his 20s. He was absolutely at the peak of his career. There was no debating that. Now, he didn't produce the same way in Baltimore that he produced in Arizona because they didn't do the same thing in Baltimore that they did in Arizona. It was a different concept. They have proven the ability to acquire those guys in some way. They just haven't always been willing to do it. If you want to say, I want this team to be willing to go get the best player, go get the, the shocking. They've never had a guy of Thomas's caliber. Uh, I mean, he was, yeah. his first four seasons, he was but, beyond but, productive. But you're, it's, that's such a difficult thing to say because. I uh, understand it would not be the apples to oranges right. when he gets the ball where he wouldn't be having 150 catches, and I get that. But you're talking about a guy who, you know, can't guard Mike. You know what I mean? Like, it's, your, your team is different. Defenses are going to play you differently. With him on the football field. All right. I mean, there's no doubt about that. I don't disagree with it. Um, do we have time to take a break? Or Yeah. Okay. All right. Then let's do this. Let's grab a break. Continue to get me your responses for Would You Rather Wednesday. Uh, throughout the day, we will continue to share them. I've got two other scenarios to get up. Today's show also brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. When we come back in, Tarheeb Still, University of Maryland cornerback, one of the top young players, not only on that team, but in the Big Ten. We're going to meet him as they start to get ready for the season. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Party with the Flock at the Ravens Countdown to Kickoff Watch Party presented by Miller Lite on Monday, September 13th at M&T Bank Stadium. Celebrate the start of the season with a live performance by all-time low, plus a watch party for the Ravens vs. Raiders game on the Ravens Vision Boards. Appearances by Ravens legends, cheerleaders, Baltimore's marching Ravens, playmakers, and Poe. Tickets are $10 in advance and $20 the day of the event. Visit BaltimoreRavens.com slash kickoff for tickets and more info. Glory Days Grill's popular summer seasonal menu is back with favorites like their very berry salad and smoky thigh wings. It also features the all-new shrimp po'boy, crispy fried shrimp on a freshly baked sub roll with lettuce, tomato, and a house-made spicy remoulade. Other delicious items include a 12-ounce New York strip steak, the barbecue chicken bowl, barbecue ribs, and smoky thigh wings combo platter, zucchini fries, and a key lime pie. All of these meals pair well with Sam Adams Summer Ale or their anniversary IPA brewed by Devil's Backbone. Glory Days Grill is hiring all positions. Want to work for a great family-oriented company known for their commitment to the community? Stop into one of their restaurants and speak with a manager. Management opportunities are available. The Olympics start soon. Stop in and watch the games at Glory Days Grill. Every child who dines at one of their restaurants during the Olympic Games will receive a gold medal. Find out more by going to glorydaysgrill.com. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and side specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. 
Baseball is back in full in 2021, and the bat around has got you covered from bell to bell. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and you can catch me along with my co-host Zach Goodman every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 on the bat around right here at Press Box Sports. We'll break down every win, every loss, and everything in between, plus tell you who we take to rake each week as the Orioles look to get back in the hunt and bring competitive baseball back to Baltimore. Catch us at PressBoxOnline.com slash the bat around or at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. That's the bat around every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 right here at Press Box Sports. It takes time to get rich, flavorful coffee beans from the lush mountain regions of Colombia and Brazil to Royal Farms. But less than a minute to get yourself a delicious hot cup of the finest and freshest coffee in the world. Because Royal Farms' new Swiss-made coffee machines grind those rich, flavorful coffee beans and brew them one magnificent cup at a time. It's why Royal Farms makes the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. All right, back in here on GCR. Don't forget the Purple Takeover is coming to the Maryland State Fair. Ten current, former, and future Baltimore football stars, including Hall of Famer Lenny Moore, Ronnie Stanley, Hollywood Brown, Adafe Owe, Ben Cleveland. They will all be there. Get your tickets. There is a ticket package for meet and greet, picture autograph with all ten for just $350, and if you know anything about that world, you understand what a great deal that is. Go to GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's great spelled out, then the number 8, letter S, Memorabilia.com in order to get your tickets to the Purple Takeover. Maryland football getting ready for the start of the season. Some high expectations after we saw some good things in a short time frame a year ago. They kick things off against West Virginia on September 4th. Joining us now Young man who really impressed uh, during his first taste a year ago. Picked up some um, All-Big Ten freshman honors, some All-Big Ten hype coming into this season. It's a pleasure for us to meet for the first time. Maryland cornerback Tarheeb Still, who's with us now here on GCR. Tarheeb, it's Glenn and Kyle in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. No problem. I appreciate the opportunity to come uh, chat with you guys. Absolutely, dude. Can you tell me, like, you know, after going through everything you guys went through over the course of the last year or so, can you tell me just how excited you are to be able to go out, run out to a field that's going to have fans this year and there's going to be a sense of normalcy and you guys do not have to be panicked every week about whether or not you're going to be able to play football games? Well, it feels great knowing that we don't have to uh, start and stop, you know, and uh, it's just real good that – we don't uh, have to really uh, keep getting tested and stuff like that, and we just know that there's going to be a season. We're never going to play a full schedule, so we're excited for the opportunity, uh, and we get to play a, a lot of games this year. Can, can you tell me what good came out of everything that you guys went through a year ago, right? Like, obviously, it was trying situations for everybody in the country, but particularly for you guys. How did it sharpen you guys as a team to go through as much adversity as you did? Uh, well, actually, it shows that, you know, whatever is being thrown our way, that we could actually uh, uh, handle it and we're battle-tested, you know. We went through a lot of adversity to starting and stopping. Uh, that actually shows a lot. But I feel as though 
that shows that we can we can handle whatever's thrown our way. You know, you of course, as we referenced, you had you know in a short sample size, but you had a really good season. But yet, you know, because the nature of it probably are not getting the the hype and the attention that maybe a lot of guys would that had a season like that. How hungry are you for the world to be aware of Tarheeb still going into 2021? Oh, I'm actually very hungry for the world to see. Uh, you know, but we're just gonna take it uh, day by day. You know, week by week. Uh, people are going to see throughout the games. So, you know, it's, it's not really something we got to worry about. We just got to win those games and then take advantage of those opportunities. Sorry, the the internally the the expectations that you guys have, as we mentioned, like they were they were really high moments a year ago, and what you did against you know Penn State was very significant. Um, internally, how what is the belief in what you guys are capable of doing going into this season? Um, actually, we know we can do a lot, you know, uh, the DBs in particular. And then uh, actually the whole team, you know, we're uh, very excited to go into the season, uh, knowing what kind of team we have and knowing what we can do. So we're just excited to go out there and play. He, is, he was named the Maryland Male Rookie of the Year throughout all of uh, their athletics teams. He is Tarheeb Still, and he's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. All right, uh, Tarheeb, let's go back a little ways, just because this is the first opportunity we had to chat with you. Uh, tell me your story on why Maryland, right? Like, you're a lot of guys are local guys. You came down from New Jersey. What was the story for you originally on why Maryland was the right fit? Uh, well, Maryland just felt like home ever since I first came down here, you know, uh, talking to Coach Locks. Uh, it's just a great place. I believed in his vision and the plan he had for the program. And then when I heard that, I knew it was just something I wanted to be a part of. And then coming on visits, you know, the other recruits, those guys, you know, they were just felt like family. It just all felt right. So I knew it was a place I wanted to be. You you know, you talk about Coach Loxley, and I think a lot of people go on about you know, how special he is and why the relationship with him is different. Can you Can you explain that a little bit to somebody who says, I don't get it. I don't get what makes him any different than any other coach uh, at any other place. Why is that so unique that so many guys say, that's the reason I'm here because of Mike Loxley? Well, uh, he actually shows that he cares for you, uh, not as just a football player, but um, as a person. And then also he, he has the right plan. You know, he has the right things to do. And then, uh, well, if you see, he, he brings in the right people. So he, he has all the pieces working. So, like, people just want to put it together and show. You guys, like, it, it feels like there's a quiet confidence that you're, like, you know, and, and again, I, I don't want to get, right now you're worried about West Virginia, I understand that, but is it is it safe to say that there's a bit of a quiet confidence that kind of surrounds this team about what you're going to do in 2021? Uh, well, we just want to take it week by week, you know, we don't want to look ahead, look past any opponent, so we just uh, want to focus on West Virginia, but I feel like the guys are excited about this season and excited to go play. All right, he is Tarheeb Still, University of Maryland cornerback. He is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Tarheeb, there's a pretty uh, impressive group of wide receivers that you go up against every day in practice. I have to think that clearly helps you on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, is it nice knowing that day in and day out you get to face such high-level talent, and then also do you appreciate not having to face them on Saturdays? <laughs> Uh, well, it's actually great that we have those good receivers on the other side of the ball, you know. Uh, they work us every day. Uh, we have a lot of uh, different stuff that you see, a lot of uh, – we got height, we got speed, strength, everything. So, you know, those are uh, very good players to go up against in practice. And then uh, knowing I have them on my team on Saturday, just uh, it's a lot, you know, because I know those guys are really good and they're going to do their job to get open. You you know, when you're – I guess let's take it like a practice versus a game day. What What's your level of uh, being a talker, Tarheeb? Like what – what you know, if if you're up there lined up against like Rakim during practice, are you are you jawing? Are you chatting? Are you doing that, or is that something that you say maybe only for game day, or do you say that's just not my style, no matter where I am? 
Uh, well, actually, I, I'm not really big on talking. You know, let your let your game speak for you. Okay. Uh, but you know, guys go out and practice and stuff like that. But you, you shouldn't really talk. You should just let your game speak for you. Is there any moment? Is there anything that like if you do this, like if you get like you have to talk, you have. Is there anything that you do that you say, look, man, I I I can't help it. If I if I get a pick six something like that, I'm gonna have to say something to somebody. Uh, I wouldn't say I would have to say something. I would just say, you know, you got to uh, do a little celebration, you know, have okay. fun with it, enjoy, enjoy the moment it. quickly, right. and then just uh, get right back to neutral. Enjoy it. I appreciate that. Enjoy it a great deal. Um, uh, Tarheeb, you know, we, we, we talk about where this program is headed. Part of it is what they built. There's a new facility, obviously, Jones Hill House, that you guys are yeah. moving into this year. Can you describe for people that maybe only seen pictures, like the re- how much your guys' reality has changed and what a big deal that is for you guys to have this facility that you're able to use to get ready for football games? Well, actually, it's a great facility. You know, we got a lot of new technology. Uh, the training room is uh, very up-to-date. We got uh, long cold tubs. We got a bigger dining hall. You know, we got a, a lot of new equipment in the weight room. So all that's just going to help us elevate our game, and that's going to help us uh, during the season. I saw particularly on your, like, Twitter, I saw a particularly, like, swagged-out picture from the day that you guys finally got to see uh, the facility for the first time that you posted what's like ha- have you used the recording studio yet like have you have you is there somebody that's established themselves as like team barber like all of these amenities that you guys now have at your disposal how much have you been able to use them uh we actually been just playing around with stuff you know walking around the building you know just uh guys going to the studio you know we go in the movie theater we have we just walk around the building and just look at all the new stuff we have and then we just uh just try it out see how it works all right fair are, are you are you uh do, do, do you do you have bars yourself are you somebody that's going to be uh, in there recording anything uh, I feel like guys, we we go in there, we uh we rap a little bit. We, it's just cool. all for fun, though, you know. That's cool. Just having man. a good time. That's good. so you're not you're not someone who's imagining it being part of your life in the future. It's just something that you do for fun. Yeah, it's just something we do for fun, just to pass the that's time. Kick. That's cool, man. That's a cool way of getting. By the way, it's a it's a neat thing to do for you guys to be able to get together and uh, do that there at the facility. We're chatting with Tarheeb Steele, University of Maryland cornerback. He's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Um, Tarheeb, what does a Friday night look like for for people around here? Like, if you're back home in Sicklerville, New Jersey. What what is like the thing to do on a Friday night when you're back home? Uh, probably uh, back home Friday night. Just just hang out with your friends. You know, have a good time. You know, just relax. Uh, probably catch a movie or just go out somewhere. Just have a good time. Okay. What what's the um uh, what's the like okay so the seafood situation? Are you a seafood guy at all? Uh, yeah, I would say uh, I'm starting to grow on me. You know, being okay. in Maryland, seafood is starting to grow on me. What What was it? Like, I know water ice is a big deal in Jersey. I know pizza is a big deal in Jersey. Like, what's the thing that you miss the most from home when you're when you're in College Park? Um, I would say, uh, I don't really know, you know. Uh, I feel like College Park has a lot of stuff that Jersey has, you know. I'm not really a big water ice guy, though, but, okay. you know. I mean, it's not, it's, it's not really too much stuff missing. All right, well then I like that. I like that. We can because we like to think the Jersey stinks. So like, that's the oh, way that man. we have it. You didn't grow up, and this is the important question. You didn't grow up a, a a Yankees fan, did you? Oh no, not at all. All right, who were, who was your like? Who are the teams that you grew up rooting for? Uh, well, actually, I never really watched baseball, so I, I didn't really have a baseball team. Okay. But um, basketball, it's actually weird. I was an uh, Oklahoma City Thunders fan. Well, that's random then, as hell. You're going to have to explain that <laughs> to me. Because people said I look like Russell Westbrook a little bit, which is kind of weird. Hang on so, a like, second. Let me think about that. Let me think about that. Okay, there's something there. There's something <laughs> there. You're not wrong about that. There's something there. Are you? Yes, I grew up a Thunders fan. Do you do you become a Lakers fan now? Like, were you rooting for the Wizards last year? Do you go with Russ, or do you did you just stay a Thunder fan? 
Uh, I kind of just stayed a Thunder fan, but uh, actually my favorite player is James Harden, so like I'm rooting for the Nets right now. Okay, all right. So you're kind of all over the place, is what you're yeah. saying. <laughs> a little you're bit. A little bit all over the place. Was that was that at all tough for you, being a former Thunder fan, to start rooting for the Nets, knowing what Kevin Durant did once upon a time? Um, definitely, you know, okay. even going to uh, Golden State and all that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a, you know, it's a bitter pill, right? Like, but mm-hmm. but clearly it gives the uh, the Nets quite a good chance of winning a championship here in the future. There's no doubt about that. Tariq, it's great to get to meet you, man. It's great to get to chat with you. Uh, where can people be, fo- where can Maryland fans be following you, uh, social media-wise, Twitter, Instagram, what are all the handles for Maryland fans to give you a follow? Uh, on Instagram, it's just uh, Tarheeb, T-A-R-H-E-E-B, and then just the underscore. And then Twitter, it's just Tarheeb still, no spaces, no nothing. Give him a follow in those places. Tarheeb, man, we can't wait to see. We're really excited about you guys going into this season. I think there's a chance for you to do some special things. Really appreciate taking the time for us this morning. We'd love to catch up with you again as we move along down the road, all right? It's... I appreciate you guys having me on. Tarheeb still, very talented uh, University of Maryland cornerback. Guy who, again, we all know it was a short sample size a year ago, but played quite well during that stretch and um, has a lot to offer as uh, the University of Maryland tries to take a step up. Well-trained in media. He has. He's been quite (laughs) well-trained in media. There's no doubt about that. Speaking of Maryland football, of course, still a couple days for you to pick up this print issue of PressBox with Talia Tungavailoa on the cover. It will be gone, I believe, one week from today is when the new issue of PressBox hits newsstands. Um... I'm trying to figure out if I just go ahead and tell you. I'll wait. I'll wait another day before I tell you who it is that's on the cover of the next press box. But you can still get this one. It was finally time. It was finally the moment. Uh, You can still get this one for another week at your neighborhood Royal Farms and the hundreds of locations around town where you find press box. Read it all. Pressboxonline.com. Let's uh, do one more for Would You Rather Wednesday before we get to KZ. Uh, Would You Rather Wednesday is also brought to you today by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or C3America.com for your free analysis. Would you rather? You have a late first-round pick. Ironically, KZ is about to join us. You have a late first-round pick in your own fantasy football draft. Mm-hmm. Would you rather take Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes back-to-back to start the draft? Feel pretty good about those positions, or no, there's just no way I can have two picks go by without taking a running back. Uh, I'm probably in the latter camp. I'm a running back-centric drafter. Mm -hmm. I'll sometimes go two running backs in the first two picks. Normally, it's a running back receiver, but I just tend to prefer having my pick at the top guys rather than waiting for the board to fall to me and potentially be left out in the cold. I'm also quarterbacks, not one that I'm prone to jump on early. I mean, in the first two rounds, never. I don't typically, I feel like it's a earliest I would do it is in the third or the fourth. If I'm at the back end of the first and Mm -hmm. Mahomes is there, then like, that's the kind of thing It happened last year. I got him in like the third or fourth round doing that waiting. Lamar went before because it's a Ravens fan league, you know all that. Mm-hmm. He went early, but um, so you got lucky. I'm, I am 
very comfortable waiting until the eighth to tenth round. This is to get my quarterback. Tight end obviously is the the, the elephant in the room of sorts. A, it's a weird bit, right? It's a weird bit because I'm probably someone who would say there's just no way, there's no way I could do it. But at the same time, you're talking about the top guys at the position, and you often realize that come the end of the year, like for example, the league that I won last year, I won because I had Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Mm-hmm. It wasn't because of my running backs in any way, and I feel like that's always the case. The guys that win the league win the league because they had something at a position that nobody else had. It's like the year that everybody got Lamar Jackson and and yeah, won fantasy leagues because the they had round. right. Now I get that that's an extreme. No, I mean I were able to get I got Mahomes so in the eleventh when he was breaking out. Like I'm right. I'm a cocky fantasy football player in the sense and, that I'm and confident we were in my talking about to find. We were talking about that with KZ a week ago that those guys can be available. But it's just it's odd the obsession that we have with running backs. When it's regularly, about scarcity. it's about scarcity of actually the roles and touches. I, I I understand what you're saying, but it seems as though within three weeks you have to scour for backup running backs because everybody's already hurt. Well, that's why I draft four or five in the first I, ten rounds. And I understand the concept, right? right? Like I but get it, over it overboard. It just truly feels as though your fantasy football titles end up being determined by the thing you have that somebody else doesn't, whereas everybody's typically able to find something at running back. I think you're overrating the ability to find. You have to you have to really hit on the guys that you're taking in the third and fourth round at running back if you're leaving them to be your RB1. You're talking about like David Montgomery being your RB1. Yes. And I'm not comfortable with that. I'm not comfortable with it going into a season. Of course I'm not comfortable with it. But at some I'm more point- comfortable thinking that if I'm going to wait until the next rounds to take one of the next tight ends... Whether it be a, I, I, I understand what you're saying. You're you're ignoring something else. What you're, you're talking about there being running backs that inevitably end up being RB ones that you can find later on in 100%. the draft. One hundred percent. But I'm and talking about a, the it difference being far more difficult to hit those dart throws. I, I, I un, this, this is a comfort thing. This is definitely the scene from Tommy Boy. We want the guarantee Philly to ferry to put the guarantee underneath our pillow. But what regularly ends up happening at those positions is we're scrambling, and the 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 likelihood of one running back, one specific running back, being the difference in why you win your fantasy football league, particularly when you get past the first couple of guys and it ends up being Miles Sanders or Joe Mixon that you're taking. For what it's worth, deep, I'd be taking two, right? Like I, I would. Be I taking... understand that, but it might be Miles Sanders and Joe Mixon. And no offense to those guys, they're 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 going to likely produce for you in a fantasy get football Nick Chubb capacity. There also. No, you can't get Nick Chubb at the back end of Hunt, your first with Kareem round. Hunt being, you might be able to get him at the eighth pick, maybe. You're, you're, then then you you can get somebody like Saquon. Like there's got to be somebody who falls there. Maybe there is. Like you're there's it, only so many running saying, backs. There's going to be a receiver taken in that mix as well. There might be yes, but you're still doing them like to get to a tenth pick mm-hmm. and to have maybe that be the guy. By the way, part of the reason why you don't feel that way is because you don't think that's the guy that's going to win you your fantasy football league. People are idiots. I, they're not. If you're in a league with dumb people, I can't help you. Well. Like that, that's not a conversation that I'm having. What I'm saying right now is that you're banking on the running back that you take at the back end of the first round being the guy that wins you a fantasy football league, and the likelihood overwhelmingly is that he's not. It is overwhelmingly unlikely. Does it happen? Of course. You can find a handful of of times where it's occurred. But overwhelmingly, the running back that you're taking at the back end of the first round is not the guy that's winning you your fantasy football league, whereas being the guy that owns Patrick Mahomes and him going off and other guys not having him might. But nobody ever wants to take a quarterback that high, unless you're stupid, understandably so. And yet... 
the stupid people often end up getting rewarded by it because that's the guy that's going to put up a billion points in your league, whereas the guy that you took at the back end of the first round was at the highest level a good player, and you just took him because you feel as though you have to have running backs. I mean, I don't necessarily disagree, but we're not going to get into the weeds on that argument. What? I don't necessarily disagree that you're talking about the guy that takes 10th overall, the running back you take, being a only a good player. I mean, you play the board as it falls, obviously. I understand like, you know, that. If it sits there and you're looking at, I don't even know who it would be at the top of the draft. Like, I'm not just going to jump on Kenyon Drake last year at 10th overall because I feel like I need a running back, right? Like, I will act accordingly as I see it happen, but I'm pretty confident in my ability to sift through those guys that are sitting there and choose the one who I'm confident will be getting like Austin Eckler. Gladly, I'll take him at 10. I, I think that we would all like to take Austin Eckler at 10th. I think at this point, you're not getting him at 10th. I think there's only... Th- okay, well, like, I mean, I just don't know what that world is where you can get Austin Eckler at 10th at this point. I don't see that. It's It's... We're having a different conversation about guys that like you're hoping somehow drop or guys that we don't think are top five guys. There's a big difference between so a guy the tenth not being ranked running back in like I'm not taking Najee Harris. That's but Austin Eckler is ranked eleventh in this list. As to put it is together. it a non PPR? Um, There's no way that Austin Eckler is the eleventh PPR running back. Let's go to half PPR. That's insane. At half PPR, he's ranked still he apparently ranked twelfth. I don't know. That's all to all players. I got you. He's like the 10th-ish. I mean, I would be more than happy with... It's clearly, if Austin Eckler's sitting there with a 10th Jonathan pick, Taylor's 10th right here. like Because he's fallen because of the quarterback I situation. would take Antonio Gibson. I would I would do, I would do that By stuff. By the way, overwhelming, Austin Eckler is a 7th is a or 8th But guy. he's the type of player that falls. He's the type of player that... That makes no sense. Well, if, somebody in the top 10 is falling. Like, you're going to have something play out where you didn't expect somebody to be there. Or the running backs all go off the board in the top eighth pick, and then you're sitting there saying, okay, my options are a wide receiver, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, a Travis Kelsey, something along those lines, or a Joe Mixon, or the next Aaron group. Jones could be sitting there, right? Like, I'll take the top running back. That's, that's me. And I'll be happy about it. If you get lucky and there are non-running backs that go in front of you when you're in that situation. Like, I will take Antonio then, Gibson. Then th- that's the difference. That You're talking about Antonio Gibson I'm being your option in the background of the first Antonio round. Gibson. I can be as bullish as I want. The thought that Antonio Gibson is winning me my fantasy football league is a joke. Mm-hmm. He's not winning me my fantasy football league. He might prove to be a productive player. That's possible. He ain't winning my league for me. That's not occurring. Talk more about this here in a second when Ken Zalas joins us. Our number one is in the books uh, for today's program. It is also brought to you by Sports and Social. Speaking of fantasy football drafts, they've got a great package for you to host your fantasy football draft at Sports and Social Maryland, which, of course, is Inside Live Casino Hotel. Great spot. Love it. I've been there. It's amazing. And this package, which starts at $250, and then there's some dynamic pricing based on some other options that can be thrown in, includes your draft board space for 12 people, Two orders, two platters of 24 wings, four towers of beer, three orders of nachos with guacamole, and more. And again, as I mentioned, there's some dynamic pricing. If you want to throw in like a massage chair, if you want to throw in the have a model, host your draft, something like that, those things are available. Events at sportssocialmd.com. Events at sportssocialmd.com to find out about hosting your fantasy football draft at Sports Social Maryland. Ken Zalis, Pressbox Fantasy Football expert. We are just two weeks away from the Pressbox Fantasy Football Show, which will begin 
Um, on August 26th, he will be joining us every Thursday in studio at 11.30 to help you set your lineups, but he's with us this morning. Courtesy of CCBC and Glory Days Grill, Ken Zalis, good morning, pal. How are you? I'm wonderful. Good morning. How's everybody? I'm great. I know you already put your answer in on Twitter, but we'll talk about it. Would you rather, you've got the late first-round pick, would you rather take what the, the you know something that you'd feel good about at two positions, Patrick Mahomes, and Travis Kelsey, or no, there's just no way I could go zero running back through two rounds. You know what? I, I could probably do it. I've done enough of these mocks where where I feel kind of comfortable um, with uh, with some of the third and fourth round running backs. If I could, you know, if I could tell myself coming back in the third and fourth that J.K. Dobbins or Clyde Edwards Hilaire and pair them with uh, a Mike Davis or or Darrell Henderson. Yeah, I could probably get away with with uh, with pairing up and having that uh, Kansas City stack all year. So, not totally against it, depending, you know, which running back was left on the board at that point. Yeah, I mean, I I'm not look as as we just went through all this. If if it's somebody that I'm in love with, sure. But the, my point was that typically the guys, the running backs that go at the end of the first round, typically are not the guys that are winning you your fantasy football league. Whereas, yeah, I mean, if I could, you know, look, it, it's going to be tough. If I get there and I, I, Antonio Gibson and Austin Eckler are staring me in the face, I mean, there's there's no world in which I'm not taking Austin Eckler. I agree with that. I'm not exactly. I'm, I, I, so, I I like Gibson, but I don't think Antonio Gibson is winning me my fantasy football league this season. But if it's but if it's Saquon Barkley and Najee Harris are the top running backs available. I may go the Kelsey direction there. Interesting. I think there's a little bit of safety, uh, more safety with Kelsey than those guys. I I don't necessarily disagree with that. All right, continue to get me your responses at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Uh, KZ, you're going to help me first. You're going to help me by setting my keepers in a keeper league. All right? Oh, that's that's the first thing. That's the first thing that we're going to do here because, admittedly, I got screwed. I forgot that in this league – I was stashing Cam Akers and would have been a tenth round pick. So uh, yeah, it's quite a that's quite a bummer. All right, so here's what it I'm is. staring at. Yes. I could keep Joe Mixon for a first round pick. We're not doing that. Miles Sanders for a second round pick. Mm, okay. AJ Brown for a third round pick. Mm-hmm. Here's the first one that should not be it. Dalvin Cook for a fourth round pick. Yeah, we're done. We're yes, done. There's one. That's okay. one. Correct. Russell Wilson for a fifth round pick. Jarvis, great value. Jarvis yeah. Landry for a sixth. DeAndre Swift for a seventh is interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Mike Williams, with, oh, the rest of the guys would cost me a tenth. They've changed the rules now that everything else costs you a tenth round pick. Okay. Mike, Mike Williams, Justin Herbert, T.Y. Hilton, Logan Thomas, Cortland Sutton, James Robinson. Any of those guys cost me a tenth round pick. Uh, I, look, I think I'm doing uh, Herbert's. One quarterback league? Uh, yes, one quarterback league. Then I'm probably – I probably lean for the – look, Herbert. Herbert's going to go somewhere between the seventh to ninth rounds in one quarterback leagues. Also keep so in mind, we're, the taking, value, we're, also, we're also taking the top 24 players, essentially, the top so – so off the board because they're all going to – I understand. Players. I understand. But you, So you just move everybody up two rounds. Yep. Um, I think Swift is the value there. I, think I agree Swift, with that. 
I think I think Cook and Swift, and now now you're now now you could go not worry about running back for a little while unless somebody stares you in the face, um, and you know, and then somewhere along in your draft, somewhere around the after the tenth round, you pick up Acres again and stash them. But I can, but again, I can do I can do three. So am I also doing her? Oh, you could do three. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. So, well, well, the two are easy. Um, I I really feel like it comes down between Herbert, maybe Logan Thomas, but I don't feel strongly yeah, about it. Yeah, no, I, I, you could pick him up at any point. And and, um, and Cortland Sutton, who again I like, but they don't have a quarterback. So yeah, I mean, as far as so so the way the way I do keepers is I say, okay, if this wasn't a keeper league where would these people be drafted mm-hmm. and what's what's my value on them how many rounds am i gaining so with with herbert i'm gaining 1 to 2 rounds i feel um 10th for sudden i may be gaining up to 4 cuz he's going somewhere around the 6th or 7th um and i feel that you can get a quarterback in a one quarterback league any any point and you know you can you can take herbert if you love him you know, in the second round of this, of this league. Um, I'm not going to talk you out of Herbert, but the values was sudden. I understand what you're saying. I just don't like investing in a wide receiver that has no quarterback. I just, I can't get over that. I can't. Well, they got two. No, no, they don't. They don't have a quarterback in Denver. They don't have one. <laughs> I don't like investing anything in a quarter, in a wide receiver that I, has I, no quarterback. I'm with you. I'm with you. Like, You've got some injury history. So. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a, that, look, that's, I'm not saying that's not a thing. That's a thing too, but it really, like if, if he had his injury history and Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback, my God! So, so let like, me so so who give me give me your it was Sanders it was Mixon Sanders Mixon Sanders AJ Brown and then uh, Russell Wilson in the fifth Jarvis Landry in the sixth. I would consider AJ Brown as well. I would consider AJ Brown. I I I, I I I I you know the two running backs and the wide receiver. I'm not getting great value. I mean, Brown's going somewhere around the second or third. So right. you're 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 giving a push anyway. It's not like you're it's not like you're deciding Miles Sanders in the second and sometimes he's going in the third. You're not going backwards. Um I just don't like keeping the quarterback in a one quarterback league. I mean I, I, I just I can grab you can grab Matthew Stafford, he's gonna put up similar numbers this year to to Herbert within, you know, two or three touchdowns probably. So I I would consider again it's a push for me with with AJ Brown because of the value. Um, Sudden, I understand the hesitancy. Nobody else in consideration for me. I agree with that. I agree with that. And I, you know, like I could also see the thing where I only keep two, but well, no, you lock in. I mean, you, keep, you keep him. You, can, I, I, you don't I, give like, somebody I, again, back. I'm with Ken, I like AJ Brown, but you're I don't find love it. him. You're not. You're, it's a you're you're rolling the dice expecting to find a better receiver in the third than AJ. But I don't have to find it in the third. It's okay if I don't find well, him in okay the third. It's okay if you have a wide receiver one at wide receiver two. What? If you get a receiver in the first or second and also have A.J. Brown in But, the but third. A.J. Brown's not necessarily a wide receiver one. He's a – I mean, you, you could just keep Akers in the tenth. Yeah, and just hold on to him for another year. Right. And I, mean, really I mean, where are you going to draft him anyway? Just saying. <sighs> it's, it's an option. That is an option. I have to think about that. I, 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 if it was A.J. Brown in the fifth, I'd feel better about it. I don't love A.J. Brown in the third. 
I don't. Love I don't love the other options enough to say that that AJ. If you went with AJ Brown, that's like, oh, you know, you're not getting value. You're really not getting much value anywhere. Right. With the with the other guys, so you know, take a take a what most people think is a top ten receiver, and and you have two top. 15 running backs and and well but there is the opportunity start. cost of losing a third you know i mean like there is the what are the guys I know, that but who's sitting the, there with third so so but who's there aj brown's gonna go in the second if you're is that is that person better than aj brown in the third it's a, if you it's take a, the top 24 people off no it's board. a reasonable question it's a reasonable question that i got to think about i am locked in i am with you on both cook and yeah Smith. the running backs are easy for yeah, me i'm locked in on those i gotta i gotta think a little bit more about how i feel about those other guys all right, we were uh, Ken Zalas is with us. We were talking a little bit about Michael Thomas earlier today. Um, you don't think he's going to be back for a while. You think that he's not. So, like, where are you even thinking about him during the course of a fantasy draft? Uh, in a 16-round draft, uh, maybe my wide receiver five, so somewhere around the 12th round, 12th, 13th round. I, I, I don't. You, you, you ha- not only do you have the injury, but you know, you, you have the disgruntledness. He had, you know, he can say he wants to trade all he wants. So what, you know, unless the Saints decide, you know what, we'll just take a bag of balls for him. What's he? What are you getting for a hurt guy that may not be back for the first 12 weeks? So there's no incentive for the Saints to trade him until, you know, okay, well, he comes back in week seven and then we trade him. Uh, okay, well, uh, where are they trading them? To? But it sounds like I a just, guy that could be a big boost to your team at a point where you might need it if that's the case. But where? From where? Where? Where's? But where is he playing? How long does it take him to play? If he missed the first twelve weeks, yes, but it, at some point, I, I, I gotta, some, I gotta make the playoffs. I gotta hold on to a guy that's not gonna play for twelve weeks for twelve weeks. If he misses twelve weeks, obviously, I understand what you're saying. But it's at also, some that point, was the it, timeline. Twelve weeks was the longest time from when he got the surgery. Like you're talking I, about. I, I, I get that. I get that. But you know, I, I, you're talking about week eight I, or nine, probably. Yeah, I, he's still my wide receiver four, my wide receiver five. I'm not, I'm not going that route. I, I get the talent, but it's not like Breeze is throwing to him. So I, I, I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not forcing him into my, into my draft just because. I, he's I, my I understand that saying that you're not forcing him to draft, but like I feel like at a certain point during the draft, it is it, if he's my wide nine. receiver five, yeah. wherever that is. Yeah, I, I can I can I can do that, but in a league, you know, to me I'm looking at in a league where I have to most leagues you have to start three wide receivers. Okay. Bye week start I don't even know when bye weeks start, fourth or fifth week this year with the, the whole seven the whole eighteen weeks has messed me up. Um you know, so I need a, a number four receiver to take up one of the receivers that could be on bye before he's even back. He's, I, I can't have him any better than my wide receiver five on my team. What if you have an it's IR? Just, what if you have an IR spot? Again, uh, who am I picking up off the waiver wire after the draft? Because I can't put him on the IR before the draft. You know, during the draft, it's not like oh, I picked, I picked Michael Thomas or Cam Akers. I've got, I get another draft pick. No, so he's still my wide receiver. My, so, so you're saying that you're. You you're going to take him before your wide receiver five on your particular team. You're going to take him as your third or fourth wide receiver, and now you're really going to have to start a wide receiver six because you're going to put him on IR. That just doesn't make sense. Say, how you get, you have to start a wide receiver six? I'm confused by that. It's... Because of bye weeks. 
Well, you just assume, okay. You're assuming that at some point it's going to work out. Well, well I, I mean, I kinda, I'm building my I roster. I kind of with 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 all like I. If kind he's going to miss eight weeks, if I, gonna, I kind of expect that I'm going to deal with injuries at some point in my football team. I'm going to well, have to start a wide receiver six that, at some but, point anyway. But 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 I don't have to deal. I don't have to deal with them for a guy that I know is going to be out a minimum of eight weeks. You don't. Again, that's that's not the minimum. That's the maximum, realistically. Well, five, no, we the maximum was really 12 weeks. It was five the to 12, 12 weeks. 12 can't be from, the maximum and eight. It was One five to 12 weeks from the start of August. Okay. So then you're talking about potentially but if he a guy goes who on, returns. What, what, what's the pub? If he starts the year on PUP, what's that, six? Well, it's also no guarantee, but yes, that would be six. Okay. I mean, they are hoping he'll be back sooner than I later. I hope everybody in my leagues takes him in the, as their I wide receiver. I just think it's a three. little bit of a sweeping statement to say he's surely going to be out eight weeks well i mean okay. he might by the way he might very well be i I'm don't not saying he none won't. of none of us really actually know the question to this but i am trying to come up with a mathematical equation to figure out at what point in the draft what you're doing is worth about the same as taking a flyer on michael thomas and i i think there is a point at which what I mean, you're doing nine or ten round nine you're or ten, you're, you're you're shooting you know, you're shooting your shot on something that, like, maybe is going to work out. When doing that seems about as worthy as. Are you are you picking him before you have your starters set? No. I, I mean, okay, my so, starters. My starters so where? Your right? starters. Are you, you like quarterback, based on quarterback, based two on running backs? Yeah, based on based on what I know from you. Wide receivers. If if I'm using your theory on quarterbacks, maybe yes, maybe I would take Michael Thomas before uh, I take my quarterback. Okay, Before so but, the first round of guys. Okay, you can, but if you if you have two two running backs, three wide receivers, right, a tight end and a flex, mm-hmm. that's eight rounds, right? Yeah. Okay. So you're not taking them before the ninth. But I, that's I in think your that's, situation. That's the math that I'm asking. Like I'm, I'm well, I'm, but I, I again, I am not taking him as my wide receiver four because I have all these spots to fill, and now I'm taking. Now I got to fill for the first. Let's argue six weeks. Or, so I think you know, this also. Weeks. I think this also touches on. We're chatting with Ken Zalas, press box fantasy football expert. I think what we're also dealing with here is. That, like I'm dealing with drafts where name value, like where the the well, guys that I'm higher. drafting Somebody with, will take him somebody's going to yeah. inevitably take him, like, yeah. and and it might end up being that it's they're going to take him higher than I'm willing to, right? Where his name value is more significant, and so if I want to take Michael Thomas, at best I might be dealing with having to take him around the ninth the ninth round. I understand your argument would be, well, why wouldn't you just take a player that can play every week? But I don't feel all that strongly about my ninth round pick. Like, I just don't – that guy that I'm getting there is not a guy – it's likely a, a running back who is at best getting 10 carries maybe to start the season that I'm hoping ends up in a different role because of – boomer bust receiver. Something along those lines. And I, I just don't feel like the ninth-round receiver that I'm taking I'm going to feel that strongly about. And it is worthy of at least considering the possibility of a guy showing up that I would feel strongly about halfway through the season. Are you going to take him over Jalen Rager? I would. I probably would. Honestly. Are you going to take him over Michael Pippen? I mean, if they don't have a quarterback, you're going to take him yeah. over Marquise Brown. No, but Marquise Brown's going to go in the seventh, probably. <sighs> That's the first one on your list that I would say probably not. But I, I mean, I, I'd be honest with you. You're going to take a. You're going to take him over. Let's see who's. You're going to take him over Michael Gallup. No, Gallup. I probably wouldn't take him over. They, but, uh, but Gallup's Lavisca in a. Chenault? 
I might take him over LaVisca Chenault. Okay, so we're in the, the maybe range somewhere around a wide receiver four. Where I just named guys that mm-hmm. on my list yeah. are somewhere between 45 and 55. But, but, you, but you're kind of making my point for me, which is I just don't feel strongly about those guys. I don't. Okay, but, but I'll feel strong. Some of the, the names that I just named are guys that are high upside guys sure. that could blow up. Yes, is there okay? some world in which this is a breakout season for LaVisca Chenault? Yes. Correct. That's, if, is it, if, is if, this the season that Marquise Brown at some point is healthy and shows what he did the last six weeks of the yeah. regular season? It's, you know, it's, it's is, a tougher is, sell for me. Is is oh okay? Well, that's because we're Baltimore. Right, we're we're yeah, realistic yeah, about these things. Right. Um, you know, is Jalen Rager the Philadelphia receiver that you need to have this year because he had so much promise and then he lost some time? Is he scheduled for a breakout with with, with Jalen Hurts? Maybe. You know, I'm just I'm looking at guys that right, they're, they're if I'm going to go for my wide receiver four, I'm looking for the upside guys. I get, I get and it. Not the risk. Those are the kind of guys though that but, you end up chasing production and you play them after a huge week and they burn you the week after. Right. Like Michael Thomas is the guy that if he's healthy, you can feel confident in. But he's not healthy. I understand, Casey. Yeah, he's right, not right, in your draft, when you're drafting him, he's not healthy. I understand that. We're basing it off a of scenario. We're going to do this for 20 yeah. minutes, and we're never. I know. Gonna we're going to do this every week. We're, we're going to do this. Never should I start? Week. Should I start? Hey, um, start uh, Josh Gordon. Uh, so yeah, right. This is what we're going to do eternally. Tell me about Rashad Bateman. Is he somebody that you would take at the end now? Like, is he somebody that you were interested before the injury? Like, has it changed you at all? Like, where are you? For the what it's worth. I mean, by I. The way, I Look, we know how I feel about Rashad Bateman, the football player, and coming into to the draft and, and what he means. But the reality is that he plays for the Baltimore Ravens. And the reality is that, you know, the targets are limited. And a good – like if he caught, I don't know, 45 balls for 700 yards and half a dozen touchdowns, we'd probably go dancing in the streets in Baltimore that we finally found be, our guy. It would guys. be quite promising, yes. Yeah, but but – that's the 60th best wide receiver right. as far as rankings go. So I'm not, you know, he's a guy that that I would take. I would take Michael Thomas before I, Bateman um, in a draft. But he's a he's the guy that if he's available, uh, 13th, 14th round, I'll I'll throw something at him and and put him on a couple of rosters. But even even in my best ball rosters where where we just pick and we don't get to trade and we don't, you know, there, there's no waiver wire pickups. I don't have a lot of him because I just don't, as, 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 as good as I think he's going to be, he just plays in an offense that doesn't throw the ball. I totally understand that. The that. volume's there. I completely understand that, and I, I probably feel about the same way. So then, as we wrap, let, get, get me through the rookie receivers then. Where, who, who do you actually feel a little bit, and when? Uh, ooh, you know, I... I like this group. I don't know how high I'm taking them. Um, I'll give you an example. I have T. Higgins over Jamar Chase in my rankings. That makes, I, that makes I, sense. I, to I feel me. better about that. Yeah, I um, I, but Jamar Chase does know, seem like somebody I'd be interested in. At- there are two guys that, and they're later guys that I really, I'm gonna. They're gonna be on a lot of my teams or a lot of my best ball leagues. Terrace Marshall Jr. In Carolina, I okay. think if he go he goes into the slot, I think he's just going to be a monster there. They like to use the slot. I know they got a lot of mouths to feed. Um, they don't, really don't have a a go to tight end per se right now. Um, you know, and I 
I just think because of the volume, Amon Ross St. Brown with Detroit hmm. is a guy that you need to put him on your roster and, and see where he goes. Right. Who the um, hell else are they throwing the ball to there? I get it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's not a lot of people to throw the ball to. I mean, I like Waddle. I like his situation in Miami, but it seems like they have a, a hundred different wide receivers. So where's the volume? Devonta Smith, look, like where he went, but he's been already a little banged up this year um, in training camp. Uh, you know, none of these guys, I mean, I don't have, it's not like I'm, going to take any of these wide receivers in my top 24 yeah i mean that probably seems about right but that does seem like there's a couple guys there though that are worthy of consideration yeah i mean look if you're going to argue with me that you want to take jamar chase you know in the top 24 sure i mean i'm not going to argue with you i mean it's a he's a great player what else should we be thinking about right now casey what else should be on our radar as we get a week closer you know, just ignored all the noise. Okay. I, 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 I can't, I can't tell people this enough. It's like, you know, last week we were freaking out, and I was as guilty as as anybody, and I, I kind of caught myself and didn't drop um, Jonathan Taylor. I dropped Jonathan Taylor a little bit, not as far as some people did. And you look at drafts; he's going in the third round all of a sudden now the report comes back that maybe Nelson and Curtis Wentz will be ready for the regular season. I'll go with Carson Wentz, but I hear you. But I don't just, I I just, just avoid the noise. I mean, if it's a, you know, even, even in Baltimore, I mean, I I get the news with Bateman is, is a bummer, but if he's only gone a week, that's fine. But you just told me you didn't want to draft him anyway. (laughs) I'm not, but I'm giving that as an example of things to let's not get overly concerned uh, about some noise that this person misses practice and that person misses practice and this injury and that injury, just just avoid you know unless it's an out for the year type situation, you know kind of kind of trust everything right now and and you're not going to see don't fall in love with people in in preseason games we don't know who they're playing we don't know what they're trying to do correct um you know just i, I would just encourage relax. you to not watch them myself but that's a different conversation well i have altogether. to watch them because you know i like yeah. to bet on them so oh you got a problem um, you are a, yeah i do you're a sick individual sir you know you are nba sick. summer league's been good to me jeez good for you i uh yeah. i uh, i had a nice day <laughs> i had a nice i hit a nice parlay yesterday with uh coco golf and um uh, oh God! Anz Jabor. It was a nice day for there me. There you go. Anyways, I was happy about. See, that. I I don't usually do tennis. I'm gonna have to start doing some tennis and ask you for some it's, tips. It's it's tricky. It's tricky. I would say typically don't bet women's tennis is what I would say. You know, I, 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 really I I've never tricky. even looked at I've never even looked at like the 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 dailies in tennis. Yeah. I, I have to start looking at that. Yeah, I forgot I got that inside. It's, uh, let's let's it's, it. women's tennis is very difficult to bet they are all over the place right now so yeah. it's, it's a bit trickier all right bud at fans fantasy on twitter is how you follow him pressboxonline.com is of course where you're clicking on so much of his stuff that it uh, feeds all of us so thank you for that uh kz always appreciate you bud we will talk to you next thursday all right thanks guys be good ken zalas pressbox fantasy football expert Uh, And again, we are two weeks away from the start of the PressBox Fantasy Football Show, which is brought to you by CCBC and Glory Days Grill, where they are hiring right now at Glory Days Grill. Jobs are available, plus final couple of days of the summer seasonal menu, which includes the very berry salad, the smoky thigh wings, the all-new shrimp po' boy, crispy fried shrimp on a freshly baked sub roll with lettuce, tomato, and a house-made spicy remoulade. 
Other delicious items include a 12-ounce New York strip steak, barbecue chicken bowl, barbecue ribs, and smoky thigh wings combo platter, zucchini fries, and a key lime pie. All these meals pair well with a Sam Adams Summer Ale or their anniversary IPA brewed with Devil's Backbone. That all available at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. We'll come back in. We'll wrap Would You Rather Wednesday, Young Utes, Mike Nolan, Bruce Laird, Tidbit, Tubular, and a partridge in a pear tree. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Here it watch out for the first time the pga tours fedex cup playoffs is coming to maryland the top 70 players in the world converge on kays valley golf club for the 2021 bmw championship august 24th through 29th 2021 baltimore's iconic and challenging course provides the perfect test as the playoffs heat up tickets are now available don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold visit bmwchampionship.com today C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. This is how you get a premium cup of coffee. Better and faster than the drip, drip, drip method. And way better than a large urn of lukewarm coffee made who knows when. At Royal Farms, our new Swiss-made coffee machines grind fresh premium beans on the spot and then brew them one cup at a time for the freshest, most flavorful cup of premium coffee you can buy. This is Royal Farms Coffee. It's better because it's the freshest coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate fan experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. We take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. The perfect destination for sports enthusiasts and fun seekers. We're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Book your table now at SportsSocialMD.com. That's SportsSocialMD.com. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window plus put no money down make no payments and pay no interest for 24 months 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com tell them glenn clark sent you window nation the perfect fit the biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common you've heard them on jobbing out matt and nick jackson the young bucks thanks for having us man Appreciate it. Adam Cole. How are you guys doing today? Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. 
Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. No. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio. 21st Century Talk Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. All right, back in here on GCR. By the way, if you're watching on video, that was Lou Coco I was giving a hug to. I love me some Lou Coco. That is a great human being. Today's show brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Let's just go ahead and do this right now. It is Young Utes. Young Utes brought to you today by, ooh, who's bringing you this one? I think uh, the Stand the Fan Variety Hour brings you this one. They're going to do a really unique show um, related to golf and the BMW Championship. Uh, you can tune into that tonight. Uh, if you missed Stan and Ross earlier in the week catching up with the great Mike Devereaux to uh, celebrate his induction to the Orioles Hall of Fame, you can check that out right now. Videos tab at facebook.com slash pressboxsports or at pressboxonline.com. You'll be able to find it there. Stan Shows is always brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Young Jack, what do you have for us today? The um, recent NBA news is um, that Dennis Schroeder is... Sh- Dennis Schroeder. Schroeder is uh, going to the uh, Celtics yeah, on a... Not quite the same a, amount uh, of money. less than $6 million... Uh, yeah, by, by the way, Not the shrewdest businessman, uh, huh? And... Right. Um, it was worth it. He definitely took a big gamble on himself this year, and it clearly did not did not work out well. Maybe he just really wanted to play for the Celtics. You don't know that. I don't know if it's worth giving up. uh, What was like seventy five, eighty million dollars he missed out on? Eighty four million apparently was what was on the table for. Yeah, I mean when you people are really got a lot of people scratching their heads on this one. It's just like you had an opportunity to make eighty five million dollars, and you said, "Nope, I want a hundred million." I don't know who it reflects worse on. Is it him or the Lakers? It's probably on him. I mean, it's not, but it's not great for the Lakers either. (laughs) Like if they were really offering that much money to a player that nobody else wanted, like. Got some questions about old Rob Polinka in that situation. Well, I don't watch like too much Lakers basketball. Like when they're on like ESPN, like well, I, oh. as you know, I watch every yeah. moment of every game. But, You're wearing the shirt, yeah, correct. But um, he, when he was with the uh, my, when, this is honoring Pat Tillman, this shirt, this yeah. is from the uh, Pat Tillman run. It's yellow, it's because he went to Arizona State. Chief. I'm just saying, yeah. Lakers wear yellow. Thank you, Kyle. You've nailed it. You've nailed it. Like whenever anybody wears it. By the way, all of you that and Maryland fans are just guilty. Anybody who's got yellow in their color scheme that tries to say it's gold, it ain't gold. It's yellow. That's, that, thank you for coming to my TED Talk. No, it's maize, actually. It's not. I think I agree with that, actually. The yellow. No, no, everybody I would say that Minnesota. Uh, we wear gold. No, you Minnesota don't. You wear yellow. A, Minnesota wear gold, wears gold. For no, they don't. They wear yellow. Have you seen their gold helmets? They might have gold helmets, but They're they wear fresh. yellow. I assure you. Anyway, go ahead. It's more of a mustard. Thank you. You don't like mustard, you loser. No, I don't. <laughs> anyway. Um, no, so I was going to say that I don't really understand why like this whole Dennis Schroeder thing, like how did he miss out on so much money? Because like last year or two years ago with the Thunder, he was averaging a little less than 19 points a game, shooting like 47%. 
And this year he averaged he averaged 15.4, so like a, a three point four point drop off, and then he shot roughly 40 percent from the field. So I mean, it may just not have been like the perfect. Clearly, wasn't the perfect match for him in the in the Los Angeles Lakers organization, but clearly he's got. I mean, they so, wanted him. They, yeah. We think they wanted him right. anyway. So I, look, I don't have a lot of takes about Dennis Schroeder in general, but yeah, I mean, the Wiz Khalifa hair. You know what? There's that. We got that. I, like I, you know, it's, it, it appears to Sucks be for him. It appears to be yeah. quite the boner on his part. Yeah. It appears to be. We should normalize using boner as a uh, in that for in huh. that form. By the way, we really need to get back to using. You just that. said quite the boner on his yes, part. Yes, correct. A boner. Was, I understand what you're like trying mis- to say. No, that's it's a term. The term boner was originally used to describe like. A, a blunder, yeah, a mistake, something along those lines. I think we should normalize that again. Okay, good I think luck. we got away from it because of the other connotation related to boner. I'm going to have to take the I back seat on this back. one. I think we need to bring it back. Let you, bring it let back. Let you take that the wheel New York on the, the boner movement there. I want to be the guy. I want to be Mr. Boner. That's what I want to be moving forward. Yes, Jack. All right. Uh, <laughs> the, um, we could call Jack Little Boner. Yeah, there we you go. Call him that. <laughs> Just in time. Um, so there is... Uh, Quite the unfortunate uh, like incident going on with the uh, MLB, the Marlins, the whole mascot name calling. That was the Rockies. Yeah, well, it's a Marlins it was, player. Yeah, it was the Marlins oh, okay. players. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. the uh, the Rockies. Maybe ease mascot. up over there, guy. I'm just saying. Yeah, maybe 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 let Jack do young Utes, and you it can do your. It sounded as though he thing. was implying it was the Marlins mascot. No, he didn't that say was... that. He just said the Marlins were involved. That's it. Settle down. Just saying. Getting all worked up. I'm Get that syrup in him. No, you're not. You yeah. were the one jumping on the man segment. I'm calm. Um, totally yeah. calm. So some of us care about you. Drink my coffee. This is a safe space. I want you to know that. So, on it's all over ESPN, all over pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. It has sparked some pretty big drama on if the uh, the fan sitting behind home plate was saying yes, the N word yes, yes, or yes. if he was just trying to get the mascot's attention. And if because what originally came out and happened was that the the player on the Marlins, Lewis Brinson. Yeah. The, by the way, this is something that I meant to talk to you about earlier. Not the cheekiest. You should no, no. You should be more prepared. You should have. You shouldn't be saying who the player on the Marlins. It's your thing. You should know it was Lewis. Why? Well, I, I okay. Yeah. Um. So Lewis Brinson. 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 Uh, <laughs> um. Was uh was at bat and there was a a fan sitting behind home plate who. Very clearly, I think if you see from the video, was trying to get the mascot's attention. And unfortunately, the names, if you aren't paying closely attention, they sound pretty yes, identical. The name of the mascot is, is Dinger. Dinger. Yes. And the guy at bat clearly heard something Everybody else. Everybody that heard the video heard the same thing. Right. Every single one of us that heard the video <laughs> said, well, that is obviously... Right, so because like when you when you're watching the game and you hear it, you're like, well, what did what yeah, did how, what just happened? How how could this just be so brazen? And and the and Lewis uh, Brinson came in the uh, I guess it happened after the game, whenever two days a day after when he was in a uh, press conference, they were asking him about it, and he kind of was saying like, I don't want to blame this fan for for saying it if he didn't say anything, and people are kind of split on if fifty fifty on should we take his side or should we take the the fan side, and it's like. Clearly, I don't think that fan. First of all, personally, I don't think the uh, the fan actually said anything other than Dinger, the mascot's name. And if you also see the video, he the the fan sitting behind home plate is turning his body to the mm-hmm. to the side, like waving. And then if you see farther down, like the mascot is like a few sections over. So I mean, 
clearly if there's people saying like, oh, should we should we change the mascot's name because it's yes. too similar? Maybe. So yeah. clearly Maybe think if, about that. Clearly, if you are in this situation, if you are calling the mascot over for a picture or whatever the case may be, I don't think there should be any speculation on whether or not he was trying to get the mascot's attention. And, I mean, obviously there's no place for – any racism in any sport it's now not- become Jack's commentary. I kind of like this. Um, it's good. <laughs> um, all right. So look, the only thing I have to say about this, it, it's very simple to me. It, it does a- appear as though this was not what we thought it was, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. If people are trying to use that to score points and say, this is why we should stop giving credence. And the, you know, pe- like th- the problem is when we go beyond that, all that means is that this time, Thankfully, it appears to not be that yeah, situation. Racism doesn't exist, man. Right, thank you, Kyle. Yeah, I appreciate it. Proves that. it. And it's that's it. That's the only take that there can be from this. Anything that means like this is why we shouldn't pay attention to any of this. This is why you know you guys like to make up stories. None of it. Stop. Stop. This one, thankfully, wasn't what it would appear to be. That's a good thing. Thumbs up about that. That's all I have to say about mm-hmm. it. Really. No, I agree. Uh, and finally. Um, so just to cap off something that happened la- late in the Olympics, I think it, I believe it was one of the last events um, during the uh, the Olympic marathon. Ah, yes. Yeah, the, so, guy, the guy that knocked all the waters down. Yeah, so uh, French runner Morhad Amdouni, I believe is how you pronounce his name, was uh, seen in a, was in a, vi- a video that kind of went berserk, actually. was uh, they were, All the runners were, were, I don't even know what... Part in the mile or My in the mile. My love for you is something rock the berserker. God, I gotta remember how berserker goes. Go ahead. Sorry, um, this is important. And so this runner, I guess it's kind of there's people backing him up, and then there's people saying, "Well, he deliberately cheated." And I think this guy probably went out of his way to knock over every single bottle of water when they were passing like one of the the water table mm-hmm. stations. And you see the f- guy in first picks it up, picks up a bottle, takes it and runs. The second guy takes up a bottle. And then you see this guy who's in like fourth or fifth place knock every bottle and then take the last one. Mm-hmm. I like it. And people are saying, well, he should have been disqualified or how is this guy not going to be accused of cheating? And then people were coming out and say, well, they're running as fast as they can or whatever the, the, the speed that they were going at. And to try and reach for a bottle of water, you can see he's like kind of like turning his hand a little bit. So there's like a whole kind of like a, an investigation that, that the average fan is, is, there is going through. Is there a rule that explicitly states you cannot do that either? Uh, I it's mean, like it's one of those things it, that has It's not probably been. an unwritten rule. Yeah, it's one the, of those uh, things the that the if, there's, aware. if there's not, it wouldn't matter. Like if, if you were purposely doing this, you would never, like they, they would not allow you to compete again. Who needs water? No, it's pretty significant. I think it was like almost 100 now, degrees. Now, didn't, we, didn't we find out that like there might have been another water table like right across so, the way? So, yeah, like 20 or 30 extra yards. There was like yeah. another table. And you also, there was on the table where he was knocking the bottles of water over, there were two two like perfectly set lines of right. bottles of water. So there were like 20 on one side, 20 on the other. And he, he takes off like 17 of them yeah. and, and picks up one for himself. I mean... Does he can't is he gonna gain an advantage? Eh, pro- I mean, like probably maybe, not. Maybe maybe probably but not. Yes, doesn't make right. him go faster. Right. Like it's not yes. it's not giving him more energy. And I certainly understand the argument that when you're running that you're running that fast and you've been running for that for the, long, exactly. you might not have complete control of being able to do things. No, at one. But it but. it definitely did not look good. There's no question. No, and that the, it the did videos not. the videos really bad. Makes it seem like he, he really yeah. bad. No but, doubt. Yeah. 
All right, that's uh, by the way, my love for you is like a truck berserker. I know you guys were worried about that. Go back and watch Clerks today, kids. It'll, you'll learn a thing or two. Uh, well done uh, on Young Utes today. Thank you, Jack. Today's show uh, is also brought to you by Window Nation, 50% off all styles of windows, plus no money down, no payments, no interest for two full years. That's staggering. I, I mean, I, I really can't believe that's a deal that's available, but it's not going to be available forever. I promise you that. 866-90-NATION or windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Window Nation, the perfect fit. Our next guest uh, is going to be back in Baltimore, and that's awesome because he's going to be calling uh, preseason this Saturday night uh, as the Ravens take on the Saints on WBAL 11. He, of course, once upon a time was Ravens defensive coordinator. He's had a coaching career that's taken him all over the place. He is Coach Mike Nolan, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn and Kyle back in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Yeah, Glenn, Kyle, it's good to be on with you. I it, appreciate it. It's yeah, I'm up here in Baltimore, and it's a nice hot day. It's nice. Yeah, it's well, it is hot. There's nothing. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> it is a hot day in Baltimore today. Um, hey, Coach, it's great to chat with you. Can you tell me how this came about? Like, um, I know obviously you've been coaching for what seems like forever. Uh, I remember talking to you at one point. You were doing some media stuff. Um, how did this come about that you got hooked back up with the Baltimore Ravens? <laughs> Yeah, well, back in 2016, I did do a little bit of uh, the one. I was I was out of the NFL that year, and I did some uh, NFL Network and uh, Sirius Radio and stuff. But really, this came about. You know, Jerry Sandusky's been a longtime friend of mine, and uh, we spent some time together in the off season from time to time, get together our wives and all, and and uh, we just had some conversations. I know that Brian Billick had, had uh, decided not to to do it this year, and so one thing led to another, and and. Uh, you know, had an opportunity to, to work with Jerry, so I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really excited about it. You know, Rod Woodson will be with us yep. as, as well, and so it's uh, it'll be good. That's really cool. I mean, it's it's really cool that it's going to work out that way. You um, it, it, is this is this you signaling that this is the direction that you want to go in, or are you still thinking I get a phone call at the end of the year? I'm I'm right back to being a coach. That's in my blood. You know, it's it's literally the the family trade. That's what I'm going to be doing still. You know, that's a great question because I'm not sure where it's going. So my wife has just said, you know, just use the word transition. Okay. So I'm in transition. <laughs> transition to what? I'm unsure. But, uh, like, I'm really looking forward to this opportunity. Um, I think it'll be a lot of fun. I've always loved the Ravens organization. I still do. They've had some, you know, they have great people here that have been here the longest of times. And, uh, and so, you know, everything about it. Uh, it's just one of those situations where I'm just excited about it because of the people I'll be around and, so for now, you know that's that's where we're that's what we're I, doing. I, I respect that, and we'll see we'll see which way the wind blows. I guess is all we can look at. <laughs> Mike Nolan, Mike Nolan's with yeah. us uh, here on Glenn Clark Radio, Coach. You know, from an outsider's perspective, the last couple years ago, you know, before we get to the Ravens' defense, what have you thought of what they've been doing offensively, and you know, having to scheme against it, and you know, being a little bit different than what everybody else is doing. What what has been your perspective from the outside of the organization, the ra- the philosophy they've taken on offensively as an organization with Lamar Jackson as their quarterback? Well, first off, in the big picture, you know, they are they're very unique both offensively and defensively. But you asked the question about offense. Uh, I'll say this: look, it fits their players, and so I think it's the right thing to do. Um, their quarterback is probably as good as it is anybody in the league, if not better. Um, it makes everything work for him. I think it's a great choice. It is what you do when you have that, that, you know, those players and all. That is what you do. You don't try to 
try to force that quarterback to play a different kind of a game because then you won't get the best out of him. And he's he's obviously good enough to get them to the play, playoffs right now, as you all well know. So the next step for the, the Ravens is is to get to the big game. But uh, but I think that, that what they're doing offensively is a very smart decision. Uh, Greg Roman probably knows it as well as anybody in the NFL. He had a lot of success in San Francisco running it. Um, you know, one of the things that's unique about this offense that and I, this is going back a little bit in time, but about 15 years ago, before that, you know, there was only about a dozen teams that you really were afraid of because of their quarterback. Uh, but when this was introduced, whether it was with Russell at Seattle or Kim at uh, Carolina, when those two quarterbacks came in, you know, it was been about 10 plus years ago, but uh, that really changed things. And uh, and that's kind of where the Ravens are now. They're kind of in that in that offensive scheme that they're using. And and now everybody's got a quarterback that can beat you. It's seldom you go into a game as a defensive coordinator and you're playing somebody who you feel real confident that you got their number because they've all got a strength and they all beat you. Like I said, and without this style of offense, we'd still be in that dozen good quarterbacks kind of a mode like we were back then. So now it's it's really helped the league. It's created a lot of parity between teams. And if you've got a guy like Mar- Lamar Jackson, like they, have, you know, like we have here in Baltimore, um, there's not a better thing you can do than run that style offense. A lot of discussion has been had throughout the offseason that the Ravens will have to evolve their offense in order to take that next step and reach the Super Bowl. Are you of the opinion that the Ravens need to change anything philosophically on offense in order to break through, or do you think that ultimately it's just a matter of you know playing the odds and saying eventually this will break through? Um, you know, I, I, first off, I believe they're doing the right thing. I don't think that they need necessarily a scheme adjustment or change so much. I think it really comes down to an execution of the passing game. Uh, and at times when they really need it, you know, when they meet somebody, if you get to the playoffs, not everybody's going to be good and everybody's going to game plan well. You know, it's not like the regular season when, you know, every other week you might face a playoff team or uh, things like that. So I think they're doing the right thing. I think it's just, like I said, I think they need to perform perfect their passing game a little bit more. Uh, and obviously, that I think that would help them in turn. Um, the only other thing I say is, you know, is when you do have that unique style of offense that they do run, um, you know, stay with it as long as you can. You know, there's you don't want to get out of it too quickly because believe me, that what the, team, the other team is fearing is, is exactly what you do and do best. If they can get you out of your game, you know, they've kind of got you where they want you. But, but I do believe they're doing the right thing. I just think they need to get a little better. Look, they got a really young offense. The quarterback is young. The receivers he throws to are young. The running backs are young. Uh, and until you get that chemistry where everybody's right on the exact same page, and that takes time, uh, you know they'll they'll have you know they'll, it's a little tougher to to get it going. But, but I think that hopefully this year that passing game will take another step in the right direction. If it does, I think they you know they're a team that's that's going to be tough to reckon with. He is Coach Mike Nolan. He is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. He's on the call Saturday night along with Jerry Sandusky and Rod Woodson for the Ravens' preseason opener against the Saints on WBAL. Um, Coach, on the defensive side of things, I think the big concern for a lot of Ravens fans has been pass rush. And while, you know, Wink Martindale's scheme certainly brings pressure and you never know where it's coming from, and the idea has been, hey, let's scheme pressure, it's it's nice to have an option that can take some of that off your plate and just win one-on-one matchups do you believe that at this point in his career that, that that's still something that you can get from Justin Houston, that he can still be that guy this deep into his career? Um, I'm hopeful of that for the Ravens' sake. Uh, I was out of practice this morning, and I was hoping to kind of see him a little bit. I watched him. He's obviously he's a very good-looking guy still at his age. He's got a lot of experience. 
Um, look, I think he'll help this football team in more ways than just rushing the passer. I think his experience with the young players and, and you know that, that they have brought onto the roster, I think he'll be a, a real asset to those guys as well. So not just what he does when he's on the field, but, but again, like I said, his, his mentoring of the younger guys and things like that. So I do believe that's a good move, um, and hopefully that's his personality. That's the thing you're always waiting to see. But the Ravens have done a real good job over the years, as we all well know, of bringing in some veterans that, that are the right kind of guys. And every now and then they brought in somebody maybe that they that didn't last as long. But in more cases than not, they've been a, a franchise that has brought in the right kind of veteran players uh, to add to their roster and to mentor the young guys. Not only do they gas in their tank, but they're the kind of guys that, that uh, you know, like I said, are great examples to the young guys. And that's, that's important to a good football team. You, you know, you mentioned being over there. I don't know how much you looked at him, but, like, were you at all confused when you heard that the Ravens spent a first-round pick on an edge rusher who didn't have a sack uh, at Penn State last season? Like, did that did that alarm you at all? Are you all concerned about that? And how interested are you seeing? Are you in seeing what Adafi Owe brings to the table and how it is they go about using him? Well, that is a little bit different, but – I would say this, just by track record alone, I would never question what the Ravens do in the personnel department. I mean, I don't know that there's a team that's done a better job than they have over the last 20-plus years, and uh, and that's really the truth. So, uh, yeah, it, it was a little strange when I learned that and I saw that, but at the same time, um, I don't question this this, this group of, uh, you know, Ozzy and Eric and George and Joe and the whole the whole clan of them. They, they just do a tremendous job selecting players, so wasn't that, but like he's an exciting-looking player. He didn't practice this morning. There's several guys that weren't practicing yeah. for one reason or another. But uh, but the little bit that I've seen of him so far, he certainly has the athletic ability. I know he's only played since he was an 11th grader in high school, which gives him probably give or take five or six years of football. But uh, he's going to get some really good coaching here at the Ravens. And so wherever he starts, he's going to finish a much better player. And um, based on the little bit I've seen, I know that the that they've got to be really excited about the prospects of him, you know, playing a lot for him this fall. So hopefully that's the case. But uh, getting back to this no sack season, I, again, last year was an ugly year for a lot of people, me included. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was, by the way, I, I, I was only going to bring up your time last year in the context of, I don't know if you've seen, the internet is exploding this morning because um, we learned that Jerry Jones put salt on his McGriddle sandwich last night when we watched Hard Knocks. Were you aware of that? And can you imagine eating a sandwich that's already doused in syrup and then putting salt on top of it? You know what? I'm, I'm still I'm still listed as an employee of the Dallas Cowboys. So okay. I really don't want to say anything whatsoever. <laughs> All right. Never mind. Did not was not I aware, think, Coach. I think, hey, I think it tastes great. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That is probably the correct answer. If you are still collecting a check, I understand exactly what you're saying, Mike. Um, what else? What else are you most interested? In? You know, as, look, the, the preseason is what it is. You know what I mean? It's it, it's an exercise you participate in that typically more bad can happen than good, unfortunately, because players get hurt. But what else are you interested in, exciting about over the course of these next three weeks and doing Ravens games, Coach? Um, well, obviously, I'm excited about this football team, as everybody else is in town. And, and when you look at the football team, that they've got a, a real, you know, they've got a great core of veteran players. And then they've got some young guys they've added who I think are, are really going to shine. Uh, being out there today and looking at them, I didn't see uh, Odafi, and, and he wasn't out there. But, but again, I think they've got a good, good young group that come along. 
Uh, the areas of concern that I really hope they that they get would be like an offensive line, you know, getting that pulling that all together because they have a lot of changes. But uh, I know Joe D is the coach, Coach Joe D. I call him. Anyway, we work together in San Diego. He does a tremendous job. I think he'll, you know, I've got faith that he'd pull that thing all together. So there's uh, there's some little areas, but um, you know, these next few weeks, that's really it. I'm kind of just looking to see how they mature as a group. I, I love the maturity that that uh, they always mix with the young players, and the Ravens have always done that. If you always look at their roster, for many years it was Ray and Ed, but once they've gone, you know, they've always brought in some, some veteran guys to, to continue to mentor the young guys, and they're the right kind of guys, and young guys need that because without it, it's tough to, to coach everything that needs to be taught to a younger guy. And believe me, young players, they'll listen to a veteran player a lot sooner than they listen to the coach at first. Now, once they learn that the coach can make them better, then, then they get, sure. get on board. But, sure. but until that time, the veteran player, I think, is is uh, is really key in having a good football team in the NFL and, and going into the playoffs. He is Mike Nolan. Again, Saturday night, the preseason begins. He, Jerry, Rod Woodson on the call as the Ravens take on the New Orleans Saints. Mike, before I let you go, if I could, uh, you were in Baltimore when Art was still with us. Every year we get to Hall of Fame time around these parts, and there's some frustration that um, Art Modell does not end up getting the respect and, and admiration that he deserves uh, in the Hall of Fame because there are people that hold, still hold the Cleveland thing against him, and I get it. Trust me, we've, as you know, we got a lot of uh, tough feelings here in Baltimore about uh, a, a franchise moving once upon a time, but... Um, knowing, again, as someone who has been around this game his entire life um, and the league the way that you have, um, where are you with Art Modell in the Hall of Fame? Oh, I think without a doubt he belongs in the Hall of Fame. I don't think there's any question. It's a shame that what's going down and why he's been blackballed and all that other stuff. And one day, hopefully, they get over that and they get him in. Because he, he for, for as much as anything as he did for the NFL way back when, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a no-brainer. Uh, I will tell you this one quick story, though, about uh, when I first got here, I went into a meeting with Steve Bashotti. He had just become the owner, but Art was still around. Yep. Uh, this was in 2000, I believe. But anyhow, I went into a meeting. It was with Ozzy Newsom, uh, Brian Billick, uh, Steve Bashotti, and the draft, as a matter of fact. So the entire crew was in the room of all the scouts. Phil Savage was in there. Everyone was in there. They were sitting, and Art walks in a couple minutes late. But Steve Bashotti's already in there sitting down. And this is the truth. This tells you something about your owner you currently have. But Steve jumps out of his, I say jump, but he steps out of his chair because the one of his chairs available, pulls his chair out for Art to sit in. Art sits in it, you know, and he kind of helps him with it. And then he stands up against the wall, you know, and then somebody else gets him a chair. But I was taken back by, here, here's the owner getting up. Art walks in, you know, getting him his chair. It was it was really an act of respect that I thought was wow. was above and beyond. And, and uh, believe me, I had a lot of respect for Steve Bashotti at that time too, because I just thought that was that was really a classic thing is, to do. That is a good story because um, he had already he had already taken the team from Art, but Art was still a part of you know things going on. And but uh, what a what a sign of respect that that was really great. That is really remarkable. I really appreciate you sharing that with us. Mike Nolan, it's great to catch up with you. Uh, looking forward to hearing you on the broadcast and whatever ends up being the plan. Moving forward for you after that, Coach. Uh, uh, right, great well, to have you back you in town. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Mike Nolan, uh, who will be working the broadcast, of course, former Ravens defensive coordinator, 49ers head coach, among other things in his career. One more break to get to. We'll come back in, tidbit tubular, and we're going to wrap up today's show by chatting with Bruce Laird. That's on the way. It's Glenn Clark Radio. A, uh, a Tuesday, Wednesday, Would You Rather Wednesday edition of the show. 
Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate fan experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. We take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. The perfect destination for sports enthusiasts and fun seekers. We're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Book your table now at SportsSocialMD.com. That's SportsSocialMD.com. Here it Watch out! For the first time, the PGA Tour's FedEx Cup Playoffs is coming to Maryland. The top 70 players in the world converge on Kays Valley Golf Club for the 2021 BMW Championship, August 24th through 29th, 2021. Baltimore's iconic and challenging course provides the perfect test as the playoffs heat up. Tickets are now available. Don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold. Visit BMWChampionship.com today. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. Hey everybody, this is Chris Ruling at Great Eights Memorabilia. The Maryland State Fair is right around the corner and we're going to be taking over with the largest Baltimore football signing in over three years. The Purple Takeover is coming to its million fairgrounds for the massive Maryland State Fair from August 26th through Labor Day Monday. You'll have the chance to meet Pro Bowl tackle Ronnie Stanley, Hollywood Brown, first round pick Odafe Away, Big Country Ben Cleveland, Hall of Famer Lenny Moore, and many, many more from your football team. Tickets are available at great8smemorabilia.com. That's great, the number 8s, memorabilia.com. And remember, as always, be great. The journey begins on remote mountain farms and plantations in the lush tropical regions of countries like Colombia and Brazil, where the best coffee beans are grown. The beans are harvested by hand, carefully sorted, bagged, shipped, and finally roasted. And the journey ends as your cup of rich, flavorful Royal Farms coffee, the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Window Nation, the perfect fit. Party with the flock at the Ravens Countdown to Kickoff Watch Party presented by Miller Lite on Monday, September 13th at M&T Bank Stadium. Celebrate the start of the season with a live performance by all-time low, plus a watch party for the Ravens vs. Raiders game on the Ravens Vision Boards. Appearances by Ravens legends, cheerleaders, Baltimore's marching Ravens, playmakers, and Poe. Tickets are $10 in advance and $20 the day of the event. Visit BaltimoreRavens.com slash kickoff for tickets and more info. URL. 
Ah, John Coulson did it. John Coulson's in. That was all right. John's you're not that old. Was was that a phrase that was used more when you're not? Yeah, you're not that old. Yeah, before you came along. Here, here, let let John say hello for a second, Jack. Move, get out, get out. You're fired. I'm sorry. Get out. You're gone. You're gone forever. John Colson, our most worshipful grandmaster here at Pressbox, came in and, and appropriately used boner in a sentence, and that made me really happy. I'm all in. I, I'm Doctor Boner. They call me in these parts. Um, I think we should make the announcement. Really? You are so you itch. You itch. I think but we we've should. finally got the like we've got the dates perfectly set. Now. I'm really excited. We the know the first, first one's on the seventh. How about we do this? Do we know where that one is? Uh, that one is at um, yes, we do. It's in the email I sent you. It is uh, at Mothers in Pasadena. Okay, so we know that on Tuesday, September seventh, at Mothers in Pasadena, seven p.m. We are hosting. I our, made that up, by the way. The seven p.m. Eh, whatever, we'll figure that reasonable. out. We are hosting our first. Baltimore football player show of a new series that we're doing this fall. You're not you're not allowed to say that it's the Ravens. What did you just say? I missed it. <laughs> oh, you said uh, you know it's so funny. I was going to tell people that the Ravens are hosting a countdown to kickoff party on uh, Monday, September 13th. They are at M&T Bank Stadium. Yeah. It's just ten bucks, and not only do you get a, a live performance from all time low, and I keep trying to explain to you, you're not getting that for ten bucks anywhere. Ten bucks. Gets your tickets to go see all-time low at the stadium. And then throw in the fact that you'll be able to stay, hang out, watch the Ravens-Raiders game on the Ravens vision boards. And they're doing the entire production that they would do for a home game during this game. Like, they're doing Move Those Chains. Yeah, they're I, doing all of it. It's a ten and a half, this what, event. What really upsets me now is... Yeah. Are you going? Are you going, to, going Vegas? to Vegas? I didn't know you were going to no, Vegas. No, but it's worse than that. I don't have game tickets. <laughs> You're just going to go? You're just going well, to... I, I, you figure you'll get tickets right there. Oh, it's to insane. In, in, it's in, insane. I'm, I'm not doing yeah. it. I will go watch it at a sports book with my buddies first. Sure. But... This I is intend, a pretty good I alternative. I want to go to the game. If this had existed six Before, weeks ago... you wouldn't have made the... I would not have, I would not have done that. This is really an awesome event. Twitching. It's an awesome event. Presented by Miller Lite, the Ravens Countdown to Kickoff Party, uh, which is coming up again on Monday, May 13th with All Time Low, and you can get your tickets by going to BaltimoreRavens.com slash kickoff. So yes, Speaking the, Ravens, of the, Ravens. the Ravens are hosting a party. We're doing a Baltimore football player event. Right. The first one. Speaking will be on of the Tuesday. Ravens party, this is a Correct. good segue. Yes, we're going to segue right into the Baltimore football player event that we're going to do on current Baltimore football player event that we're going to do uh, eight of this season, starting Tuesday, September 17th, with a Baltimore football, current Baltimore football player and his guests. That are also current Baltimore football players. And if you didn't catch it, the Ravens are hosting a party on September 13th Correct. is what we're trying to tell you. should you. go to both of these things. I think you should be at all of them. Correct. I'm really excited about this. You know, the um, funny thing is there'll be no Ravens at the kickoff party. Well, no current Ravens. Current the Ravens because they'll, be because they'll be playing in the in game. In Las Vegas. They're going to have former players there hanging out. Legends Correct. will be I'm there sure. to hang out. They're going to have sure. the marching band. They're going to have playmakers, cheerleaders, Poe. All of that will be there at that party. You know where you can see a We're current gonna have Baltimore a current, player? A current Baltimore football player on September 7th right. at Mothers in Pasadena. Two, I believe, current Baltimore football well, players. One, one that's going to join us for show, every show. Of, yes, yeah. every show. And then he will be bringing guests it's, with him. It's going to be named the shows. current Baltimore Ravens football Correct. player show. Correct. That's what it's going to be called. You're 100% right about that. 
and uh, you're going to want to be there at Mother's in Pasadena, a part of town that, frankly, I'm guessing that there aren't current Baltimore football players that are making a lot of visits to. That's correct. So if you want to meet a significant current Baltimore football player, perhaps a Baltimore recent Baltimore football, current Baltimore football player, I've, I've already screwed this up. And myself, everybody gets something else. Who too, signed yeah. a contract recently, yeah. uh, who's going to be around for a little while. You know. Four-year contract, I think? Uh, the three or four? I don't think it was four. Let me double three check on that. Let me double three check on that. I gotta double. It was check a nice it. piece of change. I it can't, was. I can't figure out exactly it why was he's four doing years. these eight, eight shows. With I don't us. really know why. But he is. He doesn't need to. He sure as hell doesn't need to. He is doing. This will be the wealthiest man that I will come in contact with. That directly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like in such a yeah. direct way will be this person. Really excited about it. Really yeah. excited about it. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be doing it throughout the season in partnership with Great Eights Memorabilia. Appreciate Chris, all of his hard work. Uh, John's been working hard to make this happen. Thanks, mothers, too, man. Thank, uh, Big I thanks to mothers. Three locations for mothers. Yeah. Um, you know, in general. And we're, and we're going to be visiting that Pasadena. And we're going to be visiting another one later in we the season. We will be doing the one in Timonium. It's not, that's very convenient for me. That Late, is, later that is in, quite later close in to my season, home, yes. my my abode. Yeah, looking forward to that one too. I'm looking forward to all this. This yeah. is going to be this is going to be a lot of fun for us. We're looking forward to doing it. We're going to do everything safe. We're going to do. We're going to abide by all the protocols that are in place for whatever um, county or jurisdiction we're in. We want to make sure we keep these current Baltimore football players as safe as possible in these circumstances. That so is correct. That's what we're going to do. But we are looking forward to bringing you these shows, eight of them throughout the course of the season, and the opportunity for you to come out and meet them. And that's the reason why we do that. We have worked that in. That has been baked into the, the agreement that we have is that you can come out and meet. And there's going to be a charity aspect to it. Uh, Chris and I are still working on that, but I think part of it is going to be our annual coat drive for Helping Up Mission is that if you want that at these locations, we will be collecting coats right. uh, for Helping Up Mission as well. So a lot of good, awful lot of good involved in these things. We are very excited Little about it. Little note here. Yes. Um, Typically at these shows in yes. the past, people have been able to like get in line and get autographs. We're not doing that now because of COVID stuff. Yes, right. Correct. And we can't have fifty um, Packed Baltimore together. football yes. fans all in the line shaking hands and yep. hugging said but Baltimore we are, player. But we are getting pre-signed photos of the player. Yep. To give to people that attend. Yep. We're working on that. So everybody gets autographs. And I think there will still be a way for you to get your picture somehow. We're still working on Maybe. some of these. We're um, still working um, on. Um, I'm worried about that. I don't know. Okay. I'm worried right. about that as it relates to standing next to said player. And we will. I can you imagine that? that uh, oh, little it would headline. Not, it would not be great. It would not be great. You know the criticism that Lamar Jackson's gotten yes. from some camps. Well, but he's also unvaccinated. There's a little get, bit of a different. I get it, but that I wouldn't want any I, type of that I hear criticism I directed at, for instance, Kyle. Yes, correct. Wouldn't want you that know whatsoever. Me. Wouldn't Hunting want these that. pictures down. And he's very similar, yeah. Kyle and Lamar. They're in very uh, as far as their significance to the Baltimore community. They're in very similar places. Shiftier. All right. I would agree with that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, the formal announcement will be coming, I would say, in the next 10 days. I'd say by the end of next week, we will have made a formal okay. announcement about it. It seems reasonable. I just want us to have our ducks in a row. Yeah. I think sometimes we forget that we want to. The ducks are pretty lined up. I, 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 the, 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 I want the current Baltimore football player to also be on board with the announcement. Oh. I want to make sure that that player is also pushing and promoting at the same That's That's the part of it. I just yeah. want to make sure we have lined up. Is that we can make the announcement? Great eights will make the announcement. I would also like for our our current Baltimore football player partner to make the announcement. So it's us. not Joe Flacco. No, he's not a current Baltimore football player. So like Joe, big fan, good Jets guy. Or Eagles, Eagles, Eagles. Yes. Yeah. Eagles. It might end up being might their quarterback. Who knows? Who knows? 
Um, but it will not be Joe that will be doing the show with us. I was with an Eagles fan buddy last night, and um, he was next to despondent that, indeed, their quarterback situation may be he believes Joe's a wonderful backup to have, mm, but he's a little Sounds concerned. a little disrespectful to me. No, I he's, would a have li- to he's a little concerned about the potential of 16 games with, eh, with that situation. Underst- well, I understand what you're saying. Well, they're hoping for Get 17. It? 17. Mm. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Good point, Kyle. Good point. Uh, I get it. I get it. But uh, I don't feel strongly about Jalen Hurts either. So No, no. That's the point. That's, 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 that's his point. That's what it is. Yep. That's his point. All okay. right, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you. All Appreciate right. it. Tidbit is he bro- hired again? Uh, I guess we'll bring okay. him back. He's only here till Friday, so I guess we'll okay. bring him back. We'll bring him back. i got to get the Bruce Laird, too, before we wrap things up. It's going to be a late show today. Uh, Tidbit is brought to you by... John did that bit that somebody else did recently. I think Jack did that. It was Jack, yeah. Yeah, what the hell. Tidbit is brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance. Deductible, 410-401-9797 or C3America.com for your free analysis. Tidbit of the day, of course, John Harbaugh and the ball. Shout out to the Coco Brothers, too, for helping us with this project that we're doing. Uh, John Harbaugh's and the Ravens, since he was hired in 2008, have been one of the most winningest franchises in all of football, fifth most to be exact, behind only the Saints, Steelers, Packers, and Patriots. And they're joined by the Patriots, Packers, and Seahawks as the only four to have earned nine playoff berths in the last 13 seasons. Hoping that continues, and if it does, it will likely be a lot of aided, or aided likely, by the offense. The Baltimore Ravens offense, by taking a step back in 2020, still ranked eighth in football last year in percentage of drives ending in a touchdown or field goal. All the other teams ahead of them were playoff teams, with the exception of the Las Vegas Raiders, their week one opponent. Okay. Mark Andrews with the news that Rashad Bateman will miss weeks, not months. That's but what that's how John Harbaugh described it. Weeks, but not months. He is not committal about Technically, week that one. could still be seven weeks. Who knows? Uh, Technically. That would Mark Andrews figures to be, if not the most targeted, the at least second most targeted Baltimore Raven in the 2021 season and as far as young tight ends are concerned well he's by far the most productive since 2006 his 108 first down receptions or touchdowns by a tight end before the age of 25 are 48 more than the second place player on this list. There are, however... Say that one more time. He has 108 receptions that have gone for first downs or touchdowns before turning 25 years old. Okay. The second most on this list is 60, so 48 more. all time? Since Since 2006. That's what I was trying to... That's what I missed. Three other players in that span have at least 57 at the tight end position. Uh, Since 2006. 2006, yes. Before they turn 25. Yes. Okay. Travis Kelsey. No. George Kittle. No. Before they turn 25, the year being 2006. Vernon Davis. No. They're all active. They're all active. Rob Gronkowski. No. Darren. No, it wouldn't be Darren Waller. He didn't play for those years. Um, they're all active. Jimmy Graham. No. Zach Ertz. No. 
you know, I've named most of the good tight ends. Yeah. Um, they're not uh, stars. None of them are Hunt, stars. Yeah, that's currently. that's that's Hunter Henry. No. Tyler Higby. Nope. Eric Ebron. Nope. Jack Doyle. Nope. Jared Cook. Nope. Jonu Smith. Nope. Mike Jasicki. Nope. <laughs> they're not. They're definitely not stars. <laughs> Guys, there are a couple here on this list who, you know, if things break right for them, could end up being stars. Fant? Noah Fant had 57, or has 57. I'm not sure if he's 25 yet, but he's fourth on the list. Hawkinson? Hawkinson with 59 is third. I am surprised. Um, They could be stars. Evan I, Ingram. You named the two that I would oh, say could okay. be. Uh, at one point, they hoped that this guy would be. I d- Howard. Nope. Joku. Yes. David Njoku okay. is indeed second on the seems list. Seems like it's not a great list. It seems <laughs> like it's sort of a just an anomaly more oh, than anything else. Andrews with 108. Good. May have a thousand more. May that be the well, case. Well, he's 25 now. So. Well, you know, maybe, maybe, may he have no more than I guess. Maybe he found, may he find a fountain of youth. Mm. Go back, relive those years and have a thousand more. That's fair what enough, I was saying. Fair enough. Tubular is brought to you today by Great Eights Memorabilia. As we were just talking about, they're our partner for this uh, this this show that we're going to be announcing here coming up soon. But before that, the Purple Takeover at the State Fair. Lenny Moore, Adafe Owe, Ben Cleveland, Ben Mason, Hollywood Brown, Ronnie Stanley, 10 current, former, future Baltimore football stars will be there. You can get one ticket that gets your pictures and autographs with all 10 for just 350 bucks. GreatEightsMemorabilia.com in order to do it. Here's what's coming up tonight, totally tubular-wise. The Orioles and Tigers play again because it's on the schedule, and the way it works is, is that Cabrera you have two to, away? Uh, he didn't hit one last night, so right? So he's two away, though. Yeah, so. so he's still two away. He's still sitting at 498. That, yes, I get what you're saying. That would make these more interesting, but I, I don't know how many two-home-run games Miguel Cabrera has had, he had one of late. Did he have one? Pretty recently, actually. So it's not impossible. It just seems unlikely and it would seem as though it would be more interesting if he hit, hits one tonight that maybe it could happen tomorrow that he gets to 500. Tariq Scooball, Matt Harvey, the pitching matchup, 7 o'clock on Masson 2. Masson's got a doubleheader-ish. The Mets and Nationals played a little bit of their game yesterday. They're going to finish that tonight, and it's going to be a nine-inning game that they finish. Then they're going to play a seven-inning game for the second end of the doubleheader. I, baseball's weird. Both those games are going to be on Masson. MLB Network, Yankees-Royals at 2, Blue Jays-Angels uh, join in progress late tonight. YouTube, White Sox-Twins uh, at 1 o'clock. ESPN, coverage of the Little League World Series all day. ESPN 2's got Summer League and NBA TV Summer League all day. Uh, some soccer, various competitions. Fox Sports 2 for the CONCACAF Champions League. Cruz Azul and Monterey at 10. I know you never missed that. And then uh, the UEFA Super Cup today at 3 on CBS Sports Network. Villarreal and Chelsea. TNT for AW Dynamite at 8. Some non-sports highlights? Uh, non-sports. I'm also going to need you to send that interview again. Uh, or for the first time. If you say so. Non-sports. Season finale of Dave is on FXX tonight at 10. 
Um, I don't really know who watches this show, but if you watch Riverdale, 8 o'clock on CW. MasterChef, 8 o'clock on oh, yeah. Fox. And it's actually like new again. They, they, were, they, were, they were afraid to go up against the Olympics the last couple of weeks. Well, there you go. Uh, History Channel, Forge and Fire, if you're into blacksmithery. Billy Crystal's on Fallon. Not sure what he's pr- promoting, but something. Katie Ledecky joins him. Package deal. That's at 11.35 on NBC. Seth Meyers has Andy Samberg. I don't know what he's promoting either, but I like him. Uh, uh, isn't there one more season of 9-9 to go? Is that what it is? I think there is, isn't there? Maybe, maybe you're right. I there's still one more season. It's on season. NBC now, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it used to be a Fox show, didn't it? It started on Fox yeah. and moved to NBC. 12.35 a.m. And the final season apparently begins tomorrow? How about that? Uh, Colbert has Alan Alva. I don't know who that is. Why are they starting a new show in August? I don't know. That's a really weird bit. Well, starting that, a new season. That comes off very much like, we don't care, we just want to blow this out. Maybe so. Uh, Taika Waititi is going to be on Jimmy Kimmel Live. He has a new show on FX coming out, The Reservation Dogs. Okay. Uh, that's hosted by Sarah Silverman, not David Spade. You know how Jimmy Kimmel does Oh, yeah, he doesn't work in the summer, yeah. yeah. And uh, the rest you can find it at glennclarkradio.com. All right. Thanks today to thanks to Mike Nolan. Thanks to Ken Zalis. Thanks to Tarheeb Still and to Bruce Laird, who we're about to hear from. We'll get all of that up in the greatest hits section of the Archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. Um, Drew Forrester will join us tomorrow, not today, of course. Uh, we will also be joined by Joel Corey. Yeah, cbssports.com, obviously contract expert, salary cap guy. Uh, we'll get some more thoughts on uh, Lamar Jackson's contract, specifically in, yeah. in the context of Josh Allen. Not sure whether it's going to be today or tomorrow for our trip to Bowie, but it could be tomorrow, but we'll also well, have some wouldn't, irons It and wouldn't fires. be today. I mean, We've, tomorrow we're, or Friday, I yeah, should say. I was gonna say. And irons and fires, stuff and things. All right. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including the U.S. Army, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, Exxon Mobil, KNS Automotive, C3 American Exteriors, Great Eights Memorabilia, Sports and Social MD, the BMW Championship, Bradley Nikki Bozeman Foundation, the Baltimore Ravens, the Maryland Five Star, your local Toyota dealers, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Kyle Ottenheimer, Sad Lonely Man. Follow him on Twitter at KOttenheimer. Follow us at Glenn Clark Radio. Thanks to Young Jack as well. Have a great Wednesday night. Go Birds. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too. We wrapped today's show by chatting with Bruce Laird. Had to do this a little bit earlier on because of his schedule, but an opportunity to catch up with the former Baltimore Colt who wrote a really interesting piece for the Baltimore Sun this week about the Hall of Fame and some problems he's got with it, and we talked about that with him. We wrap up today's show by hearing from Bruce Laird. Well, of course, uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame induction ceremonies went down in Canton over the weekend, and it was, you know, a significantly large class between 2020 and 2021, and um, the super class inductees, but it wasn't quite big enough for some people's liking, and I certainly understand why. Uh, joining us now, one of our favorites, of course, you know him, he's a former Baltimore Colt, and he wrote an op-ed this week for the Baltimore Sun about those that still haven't gained induction to the Pro Football Hall of Fame and should and why it's a problem because it's a serious uphill battle for a certain number of former Colts as well. He is our friend Bruce Laird and he's back with us here on GCR. Bruce, it's Glenn. It's good to talk to you as always, sir. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Glenn, my pleasure. My pleasure. Yes. um, I was away a little bit. Um, for the inductions, but uh, I was very, very taken back when uh, a lot of people outside of the actual players and the ownership were were pushing for Paul Tagliabue to mm. get in. Mm. Um, 
what he did, um, um, what he didn't do actually is more than what he did. What he didn't do for retired players over the years was just paramount. Uh, he brought in Dr. No and set up the concussion situation, which was a one big, one big area of fraud and deceit and, and flat out just, you know, putting the blinders on. Don't worry about it. These guys will all be okay. Uh, blew up in his face. And unfortunately, Goodell had to pick up all the pieces. And that's why the National Football League is going to be given or could be given um, that's, um, that number is going to be a billion dollars, mm-hmm. supposedly. Uh, a lot of those players probably won't get that. Um, but they closed the books and didn't want to do anything about it and started the um, a class action that uh, could be worth uh, a billion dollars. I don't think it will ever get anywhere that far because, again, it's deny and, and everything else that they've always done. Uh, for the pre-93 players in this business. Sure. Just hope we all die. So, uh, um, And that's what's going to be happening to a lot of my teammates. A lot of those guys mentioned in the op-ed, especially my great coordinator, Maxie Bond, um, someone who absolutely had so many credentials uh, and should be in the hall, and uh, he just had his 83rd birthday. So how much longer can some of these people wait? No, well, and as you alluded to, unfortunately, some are already gone, right? We we, you know, oh, we, yeah. we tried we tried um, strumming up when we heard there was going to be the super class, Bruce. We tried to push about um, Mike Curtis in particular. And, you know, even in his, his latest days, he, he came on with us and, and, and talked to us about it. And... And yet they they still got it wrong, right? Like they still managed to screw it up and not put the mad dog in. Um, yeah. Bruce, let me let me talk about a couple things there because I I, I think I want to start because you started with Paul Tagliabue. I'm certainly you know as you know, there's not a single human in Baltimore beyond just you guys who were directly impacted. Nobody in Baltimore cares for Paul Tagliabue, so it's a good place to start. This this whole super class to me. I remember tuning in the morning as they were making the announcements, and when I realized it was Paul Tagliabue, it felt to me like the entire thing was a sham and was just their way of trying to railroad Paul Tagliabue through to for the NFL to give him a gift because they knew that the people that had talked to guys like you would never vote Paul Tagliabue into the Hall of Fame. Did, did you feel, were, were you bothered by all of this because of that? Oh, absolutely. It's, it was going to be, it's a big ruse from the very, very beginning. Um, you know, none of these guys really ever, uh, you never hear about it, but if you can do an executive uh, or investigative reporting is the word. I mean, none of these guys ever leave. You know, they, they all become consultants. I mean, Tagliboo, Tagliboo's probably still been making a million plus for the last 25 years. Mm-hmm. And, well, you know, as a consultant to the National Football League. Uh, no longer a commissioner, but, you know, has a fat check. And, you know, because they know so much, you got to keep them close. You either got to kill them or you got to keep them close. Uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things that big business does. And let's face it, there's no more big business than uh, the National Football League. Uh, there's certainly no doubt about that. There is there is no no question about that. And for people that, that, that Bruce, don't know, exactly what you're talking about you guys have been through this you know for for decades now what you're talking about with the pre-83ers and we're still dealing with it and it's you are you are in no place to say 
you know, you've forgiven the NFL, or you for, that, that that has not ended. They knew exactly what they were doing, and and it was callous, and they did not care. And he was in charge of all of that. Absolutely, and, and then set up the sham, then set up the you know the Dr. Perlman that wasn't even wasn't even a neurologist for crying out loud, some time a, a rheumatologist or whatever he was, but you know a, a buddy and a friend of of the higher ups and. And, uh, you know, I'm a 21-year-old kid wearing a suspension helmet, uh, running down on kickoffs and returning kickoffs and knocked out numerous times. And it was like, hey, man, just tape an aspirin to it. You'll right, be fine. Right, right. Yeah, suck it up. You know, you, you'll be fine. Uh, oh, oh, by the way, uh, you know, we've, we've had this stuff with hockey and boxing, and it, it is true, multiple concussions and everything else. And they had all the information, chose not to share it. And chose just to let it go by and let it go by and they'll figure it out or they're too stupid or their union's too bad to uh, ever do anything about it. So um, the the things that players of, of the 60s, 70s, 80s, and early 90s have endured so the almighty dollar can be taken care of um, is just astounding. It's astounding, but then again, it's certainly not shocking to me. Bruce Laird is with us here in Glen Clark Radio. We're talking about uh, the Hall of Fame and, and obviously why why it was not okay to watch Paul Tagliabue go in. Let's go to the other side, Bruce. Unfortunately, there's probably not going to be anything we're going to be able to do about. I, I, don't, I don't think that they're going to revoke Paul Tagliabue from the Hall of Fame, unfortunately, but... There are guys that should be there, and and it, just because I brought up Mike already, and I know he was a big part of 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 this op-ed, um, I you know actually let me take a step back if I could, Bruce. Yeah. Why did you Why did you want to write this? Why was this something that you wanted to speak up about at this point? What inspired what we saw on the Sun this week? Well, I think the the, the big thing is is listen, all the Hall of Fame players, past and present, um, they all got their uh, they were exceptional, let's say that, but they also had exceptional teammates. And, and you, no one in the game of football uh, can do it alone. It's not golf. It's not tennis. Yep. Uh, unless you're playing doubles. <laughs> um, you know, you've you, you got to have, you have a surrounding cast and people that help you through it. And, and you know, we look at guys, and um, I came in the league um, from a Division two school, um, more of a running back and, and punter than, than a defensive guy, uh, but got my start and uh, was taught how to play the game by one of the best linebackers for the Philadelphia Eagles and then for Washington Redskins that I was ever around. The man was not only smart but talented and tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, he tackled. He had all the ingredients, and I'm talking about Maxie Bond, um, and, and taught me how to play. Uh, and taught me everything I needed to know to be one of the best tackling strong safeties in the business. I will say that if I could have caught more footballs, maybe I would have had a more accolades. But uh, <laughs> the the run game, the run game was uh, uh, was my strength, and I played it well, and I played it for 14 years at a very very high level. Yep. So um, you know, I, I I care about people like that. George Coons, uh, another teammate of mine. Um, tremendously talented and on good football teams. Uh, um, even in Atlanta, where he uh, got some of his accolades in Baltimore for us, you know, three division titles in three years, 75, six and seven. 
and, and a lot of those players, and George will tell you, we had good guards next to him, but everything's relative. And, you know, these guys should be looked at. Um, but it's not about that anymore. I mean, the whole business um, is is just a business. Uh, we, we had camaraderie. The 70s and 80s were great years. So, I mean, if you were on good football teams, and I only had three years of really good football teams, but if you were on good football teams, in those years, no, no, no greater time in the history of the game, in my humble opinion, to play in the 70s and 80s. Fan base were great. Uh, teams stayed together. Uh, very little change. Uh, starting offense and defenses were together four or five years. Um, obviously, no free agency, uh, and they kept your salary down and all that. But, uh, I mean, it was a great place and a great time to be in Baltimore, a great city oh, yeah. uh, that cared about its guys, and, and we cared about them. I mean, we were out. We were in the community. I, I mean, if you talk to anybody from, from the mid-'70s that went to bars and restaurants uh, any time during the week from a Friday to a Sunday, uh, you, you would see Baltimore Colts together. Uh, I mean, numerous of to 10, 12, 15 on Fridays at some place having burgers and beers. And then after games, we'd all go out in, in groups and, and no trouble meeting the community and being out there and, and working on our day off in the community. Yep. Now, now, you know, it is what it is. I get it. So you start a foundation, you have a great foundation and you pull the foundation move so you get a tax break. And where is everybody? Very few of them. There's not that many Ed Reeds, my friend. Uh. Ed Reeds, the real deal. He gives back. He cares. Yep. Jonathan Ogden, the real deal uh, with a lot of guys and then everybody else. So let's do, let's do the Raven Foundation player thing. You'll get the write-off. You're not anywhere. You're never seen the community. It's all BS, man. So let me cover a couple things, by the way, that you just brought up, Bruce. One, and I know you've spoken out about even you know Ray's relationship with Maxie before. Like, you want to know what Maxie Bond meant to somebody? Go ask Ray Lewis about it. Go ask you know Ray what what Maxie Bond meant and and how important of a figure he was. And I know you've you've spoken about we we wouldn't have Ray Lewis in Baltimore if not for Maxie Bond. Once upon a time. Yeah. Um, and, and then, and then the the second, by the way, and and also to speak what you're talking about with the Colts, I've, I watched my father cry one time when I was a child, it was because Lenny Moore showed up at his church and hugged him and, and my father cried. That's, that's how I understood, uh, Bruce, even at the age of 37, exactly what that meant. But, but I want to dig in because what you wrote about is that the system appears flawed when it comes to the hall of fame and that despite all of these tremendous candidates and every year there's there's a new guy that comes up and you know certainly take Peyton Manning of course is a deserving pro football hall of famer nobody is debating that in the world right but but what you're saying is the system is flawed and it's skewed against guys that played at a certain time because there is this unbelievable backlog of great players and they're just not enough of an opportunity for guys to get in is is that the fairest way of saying I think so. I think so. At the end of the day, I mean, you know, you, you got you got a guy like Peyton Manning, and, and you're going to have, you know, Aaron Rodgers, and, and there's going to be uh, uh, Drew Brees. Right. Uh, I mean, it's going to be. It is what it is. It's going to be obviously a Tom Brady. Uh, no, no, no better, no better quarterback in, in the entire history of National Football League. I don't Ooh. care what era you're talking about. I don't Ooh. care what you're, where you're thinking. Tom Brady is. The man. I mean, I, I would absolutely um, 
you know. My father might fight, fight you about that fight, one, Bruce. He might. John United. Yeah, yeah. My my father might fight you about saying that Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time in this town. Uh, but I understand what you're saying. Well, I, I mean, I, I I've been around him uh, just just periodically and and things like that. But um, you know, when you have when you have a guy that has a middle linebacker's heart grit. Sure, and, sure. And, and the brains of a flipping IBM computer <laughs> uh, and, and an arm that could go along with everything else. It, it would be a pleasure to play with a guy like that. Uh, there's no, mean, no doubt. That, that, you know, because, you know, what happens? You practice against him every day. You're, you're around him every day. Um, you got to do, I mean, we all got to do the, the uh, what we call the mullet groups. You know, when we give the picture to the offense, you, you play against your starting uh, quarterback when they're doing their offense so it, it's all fun and uh believe me um i would have loved to play against uh, uh played with him in, in any era of any time i understand that entirely but again but there just there should be more consideration given to senior candidates there should be more opportunities for senior candidates to get into the Hall of Fame at this point. And I, I think that's what I'm saying. I mean, uh, and and you got to love it instead of uh, your, your your child being there. Uh, be nice if you could be there along yep. with your children to accept uh, to accept the uh, gold jacket. Yep, I completely agree with you, Bruce. And 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 unfortunately, I think there's a secondary part of that, right? Is that there are fewer and fewer people at a certain point that can speak. You know. Oh, yeah, there you go. You know, to yeah, to to, to exactly. the to, right, like to the person's great. Like who's, you know, there there are there are fewer Bruce Lairds that are willing to go to bat for Maxi Bond and for you know Mike Curtis and and for Raymond Chester as the years go by, right? Like there's sure. there's just less conversation at that point. We shouldn't have to wait this long in order to get these things figured out. You got it, uh, Bruce. Before I let you go. Uh, once again this summer, we saw a seeming obsession from the Colts franchise to 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 try to, to dip back into their history, yet be in Indianapolis, and they're going to wear throwback uniforms. And they sent out videos about John and about you guys, as if you were ever Indianapolis Colts. Um, my guess is that you ignore most of that and don't allow it to bother you, but. Can you speak to you know sort of the, this group of guys and maybe the frustration that 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 Jim Irsay continues to sort of represent the Baltimore Colts as though they were part of Indianapolis in some way? Uh, you know, they shouldn't have been able to take our history. Um, uh, I, I don't agree that they were able to do that because they moved franchises. They should have a Baltimore Colts history book that I would be in and John Unitas and Tom Maddie and so many others would be there. Uh, and then, but now it's, it's all mixed together. Anything that was a Baltimore Colt or Indianapolis Colt is in the press guide. It is what it is. Um, we in the seventies grew up with Jimmy as a young boy, uh, young man. And uh, a lot of us still admire him for what he's done and gone through. I don't have a problem. Uh, with Jimmy at all. Jimmy's not his father. He shouldn't have, he shouldn't be um, a judge because his father was who his father was. Unfortunately, um, and just a stone cold alcoholic that yep. couldn't get out of his own way, but ha- happened to make some money when Harriet lent him some money and got in the air conditioning business. And one thing led to another, and Carol Rosenblum didn't know what he was doing. And 
sold the franchise to a guy that shouldn't have bought it. So um, we lived through that. And uh, when we all get together, not many of us are around and together much anymore, but we all get together. It's more funny stories than anything else. It's, we're not belligerent. We just laugh at what actually happened and how how it could happen. And if we ever really wanted to tell the stories, no one would believe them anyway. So <laughs> you, you couldn't get away with telling them because they say, oh, no, this, this couldn't happen. Phew. Um, yeah, yeah, you're right about that. And it's, it's, it makes you, it makes you sick a little bit, but yeah, uh, you can't rewrite history at this point. That's for sure. Bruce, can, can I plug anything for you? Can I plug uh fourth and goal? Is there anything I can get a plug in for before I let you no, go? I mean, just, um, you know, the, the fact that, that, that we started a foundation that we wanted to help our own. Um, and we did that for, for over seven or eight years. We gave over a half a million dollars to deserving NFL players, their families, their children, and and we did it with the um, the blessing of Roger Goodell. Because I said, listen, I'm not here with my hands out. I'm I'm here to help raise money, um, and, and we'll all do that. It will all give back. Um, you know, too many people just look at the National Football League as a cash cow and say, you know, give me, give me, give me. Well, if you don't help each other do it, um, you shouldn't get it. So. Hmm. Um, that's about it, my friend. Bruce, I'm, it was great talking to you. It's great to chat with you. I'm grateful that you use your voice to speak up for this group of guys. Thank you, as always, for taking the time for us. All right, buddy. Thank you.